Welcome to episode 486 of Conversation Street, a Coronation Street podcast with me, Gemma. And me, Michael. Today we're talking about episodes broadcast in the UK between the 30th of August and the 3rd of September, episodes 10,416 to episodes 10,421. I must say, you're sounding very, very calm and collected for, you know, following such an epic week of Coronation Street and epic Michael and Gemma news. Gemma, we need to talk about our epic news. What's our epic news, Gemma? You'd say. <gasps> We're moving house at last. Gemma can't believe it. No, I She's don't not, believe Gemma's it. not going to believe it until we there, which we will be in two weeks. I think you're celebrating too fast. <laughs> We're not. We're not. It's exciting. You've got to be excited. People want to hear your excitement. Just wait until we're there, everybody. She was excited earlier. We are moving house, and in two weeks' time, we'll be there, and we've got lots to do, and we've got tons of packing to do, and it's been a nightmare, but it's nearly, nearly all over. And literally, this week has been the worst, and they've been trying to exchange contracts Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, and both those two days, they're like, oh, we didn't manage to get it done in time, so we had to start from the beginning again, but today we have finally, finally done it. So yeah, it's it's coming up very soon. So we've got an awful lot of um, packing and organising and stuff to do over the next few weeks. And I'm very excited about it. And so is Gemma inside. She's just hiding it really, really well. Gemma, do you want to talk about anything else before we get started? Um, anything got... else floating your boat this week? Nope, I'll do a quiz. <sighs> quiz for the 30th of August, Man. the 3rd of September, and years ending in 1 and 6. So exciting. And I got this from... CoronationStreet.fandom.com. Coropedia. Mm-hmm. Um, question number one, 30th of August, 1961. Elsie Tanner's first grandchild is christened. What is their name? Elsie Tanner's first grandchild, you say? I do. Paul Chivesky. Correct. Well done. Thanks. 30th of August, 1991. The Weatherford Carnival takes place. And Better Buys wins first place with its Horn of Plenty float. I don't remember this from last week's quiz. Who designed it? Angie Freeman. Which actress played her? Oh, <laughs> I can't remember her name. And then you'll say it and I'll go, oh yeah. Oh, so let's that. just skip to it. Deborah McAndrew. Yeah. When Debs she left Weatherfield for the first time, yeah. where did she go and why? I don't really know. Somewhere to do something fashionable. I can't... Any marks for that? Mm, uh, Come on, just tell me. She went to Mexico to study Aztec design. Uh, I had to include that because it's hilarious. This isn't, this isn't just an Angie Freeman quiz, is it? Because we just skip right over it. No, it's not. That's the okay, end of the okay, question. It's just such a 90s thing for them to go, yeah, she just went to Mexico to study the Aztecs. <laughs> 31st of August, 2001. Emma starts having early contractions and could lose the baby. What is the baby's name? Emma. Emma Watts. 2001. The baby is called Ben. Yeah. Thanks. But you didn't... In, Did you in, get born in, until in September, yeah, I was going to say. She keeps her legs crossed this another few months after this. This is why it was a bit worrying this. that she had such early contractions, yeah. Michael. 1st of September, 1971. Who said, where men are concerned... Women can't afford principles. Actually, I got that wrong. Where men are concerned, a woman can't afford principles. 
I don't even recognise that quote. I don't it's know. It's not a famous all. one, but I thought it was brilliant. Elsie Tanner. Annie Walker. <laughs> Could have been either. First of September two thousand and six. Liz Dump Liz Dumps Vernon. What was the name of his pub and club band? I don't know. Wow. The Rock Rhythm Rascals. <laughs> wow. wow indeed, yeah. What am I on so far? Four got... wrong, three right. Oh gosh. What used pa- up all my luck earlier with the house. Go on. What permanent addition to the Rovers did Vernon make? What? It's still in use today, hence the word permanent. Um, jukebox? No. Come on. No, that was ever thought. Permanent addition to the Rovers in 2001? No, this is just a character. This, right. is, this is me desperately trying to find questions to bulk up the quiz. I, I really don't know. Say it properly. I don't really know. <laughs> I, what was it? It was a smoking shelter. Oh, did he? There you go. Interesting Good fact. Him. Yeah. <laughs> 1st of September 2011. Why do Tyrone, Kirk and Tommy kidnap Leon's, Leon, Leon Southam? Southam. Southam. Oh, I don't know. And I remember that, or something like that happening. Leon, t- t- when was it? It was in 2011. <sighs> There's, no. I don't know. <laughs> don't know. He's smuggling drugs into Norcross Prison and they're trying to keep Fizz okay. safe. Okay. This is dreadful. Uh, second, Six wrong, three right. 2nd of September 2016. His 18th birthday is marred by a revelation that their dad is in prison. What date was that? 2016. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. 2016, 18th birthday, dad in prison. Uh, oh, Craig? No, no, he's not with. No, he's not with too long ago. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not I don't you. know. I was going to help you, but I'm not going to now. It's too funny. What's was, your answer? Have you got an answer? 18 in 2016. Yes. Is that 23 now? Oh, did I? Oh. TikTok. I'm going to say Craig, but it's not Craig. Yeah, it's Craig. Oh, it is Craig, yay! You nearly, you nearly give you zero for saying it's not Craig. Oh, uh, thank you. I need to. Can you imagine one. if you wrote that in an exam? It's not this, but here's my answer. 3rd of September 2001. Why does Audrey go to even Fred's wedding? Why does she go? Yes. Wants to get a new hat. She wants to get a new hat. Yeah. Um, we oh we even watched even friends. This is why I asked that long you. Ago, I thought we? it's not going to be too difficult of a question. I don't remember. <laughs> My brain power's all okay, used up. Maybe I should go back and just tell you that the the show this is about is Coronation Street. Oh, Perhaps you've got. Uh, you've been no. thinking of uh, EastEnders is it, this whole time. No, I don't know. I do not go know. On, just guess. Um, she wanted it's to just check whether she actually did love Fred herself and if she jumped up and objected and dragged him off down the aisle and said, no, I'm marrying you, then um, then she'd know she really did love him. And if she didn't and she just stayed in her seat, then she realised... So what's no. the answer? Um, what are you trying to say? She she wanted to see whether she actually loved Fred or not. I can't accept that, really. <laughs> oh, go on, what is um, it? It's to stop it from happening. Uh, and then no, she changed her mind. Do not remember. Okay. 
Um, is that it? As do a... you remember which which family had an argument, a protracted argument during the wedding? This is a bonus question. <sighs> Come on, man. Didn't all the Sykes have an argument? As... No? Well, family... What family? The Sykes family. What? Who are they? Linda Sykes. And Mike Baldwin was having an argument with her. Who else? Mark Baldwin. God, well, I had to pull that out of you. <laughs> this is that. I love that point. I the Sykes wanna... family. If you told Mike Baldwin no, was that he was, he was one of the Syke family, one of the okay, Sykes. I'm taking my jumper off. Think I think I'm would... a bit too hot for this. Right, you've got one chance... Does it? If I get this next one right, do I get hundred percent? Do I? Does it? Does it if discount? You can get this can I gamble? Right, I'll give. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all or nothing on this Let's question. See, this I think I need to do it. Go this on. This will be interesting. You might. I. You. I never really know what you know. Third of September two thousand one. Yeah. Same day. Oh no! We have watched this episode really recently. Okay. This was the last appearance of which actor, but not the character they played. <laughs> oh, last appearance of this actor but not the character so there was somebody who left yeah and then and then they came back played by a different actor I'll give you a really small clue which I shouldn't do yes please this isn't all or nothing there were shoots done with them at a distance that Kirk Kirk <laughs> Kirk? No, I don't know. <laughs> Kirk? Oh, okay, who is it? Uh, Why did you say Kirk? Well, there was something like that where he was played by somebody different in the background by one character. I don't really know. Go on, who is it? Jacqueline Chadwick, who played Linda Baldwin. Oh, gosh, yes. So I think oh, the gamble... My gamble paid off. Pay off. Zero. That's zero terrible. That is absolutely dreadful. The, the quote from Coropedia. Um, Jacqueline Chadwick appears for the last time as Linda Baldwin. The character appears in the next episode, but played by a double and in long shot only as the actress fell, fell ill. Partway through a location shoot for the wedding of Fred Elliott and Eve Sykes, and refused to return to the programme to film her final scenes. Oh, what a cow. Apparently, the oh. actress was pregnant at the time. Okay, okay. So That's that dreadful. Maybe. I do apologise, audience. That was um, Unless you hilarious. enjoyed just my failure. I thought that was fun. You see, you you see, you seem more happy than this about than the fact that you are that we exchanged house because contracts you're, today. I don't like tempting fate, and you. This is your whole life is tempting fate all the time. Can you be happy when we're there? Can you promise yeah, of you can? I will be, but you're. And we have our rant about now. the solicitors then. Birthdays okay. between the fourth and the tenth of September. Fourth of September, Bill Kenwright, who was Gordon Clegg the first. Mm-hmm. We know there's more than one, don't we? We do. We saw we saw we saw Gordon Clegg number two just the other day. Yeah, <laughs> not just down the pub, but it was on on, on the Friday. telly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kevin Kennedy played Curly Watts. Oh, happy birthday to him. Betsy and Emmy Taylor, who were Lily Platt the second. Fifth of September, the lovely Johnny Briggs. Played Mike Baldwin. Sixth oh. of September, Ian Paulson Davis, who played Owen Armstrong, and Martin Hancock, who played Spider Nugent. And eighth of September, writer and program producer Jack Rosenthal. Lovely, happy birthday! Happy birthday! Happy birthday! Oh gosh, well. I feel a bit deflated now after that quiz, but um, we have got some good Coronation Street to talk about now. So let's, uh, unless we have got anything else to mention, no. 
No. No, let's crack on with the next part of the podcast. Right, on to Street Talk then. Um, wow, what an exciting week that was. We were looking forward to this week. It was the trial, beginning of the trial. It's still going next week. Um, we had our flashbacks. We had our, we had our court scenes. We had some random extra stories thrown in today Why? to just dilute it a little bit. On, honestly, I was, I was a bit disappointed by the right day's episodes. Uh, beforehand, I was really, really excited and, and, and thinking, and this is just going to be an Imran spectacular, like an hour-long takedown of Corey in court. We oh, didn't really get so great, much of that in the end. But um, yeah, putting all those other stories in, what were they... So I, I've, I've seen you know, a mixture of opinions. Some people thought it was good to break it up, um, oh. but... It just like for me, it's just like they mm. built up a bunch of momentum and then they just kind of that it was. It really felt like stalled it. Yeah, built up a bunch of momentum, fell over and scattered the ashes of the week all over the TV. <laughs> um, what I think that's what, not funny. No, Corey thinks that's funny. Coronation Street. We we we, we said we, this said very this very before. recently actually. But I don't even know whether last week we I think I said we hypothesized if, if he doesn't these... end up on the carpet. I will be surprised. So not only are the memories of Pat Phelan now disrespected, thrown about, although, you know, maybe he will get a decent send-off on Monday by Eileen, but... Maybe I've, they'll feel guilty. We, we, yeah, you got your Dennis Tanner, you got your Frida's dog, you got your... Um, Flash thingy, the tortoise. Flash the tortoise. It's, it's really... Oh, I, I, it makes so, me No, mad. no, it's not just... I mean, you just... You just... um. Uh, listed off five there, didn't you? Is that five? Four or five. Right. And that doesn't seem like a lot. But that's all in the last ten years, easily, right? And that is every single instance of there being ashes on the show. It's not like sometimes there are ashes... It really feels like there are. And they they respectfully inter them or they put them in an urn and never speak of them. Literally, every single time a character is cremated and we see the ashes in in some kind of instrument or vehicle to carry them yeah they get thrown around to be fair we did get a nice scattering of Haley by roy down at the boating lake i'll All give right, them that okay. but it it does seem like I you see an a... urn that's going on the floor i think that audrey did did audrey chuck alma off a bridge no she respectfully. did no alma she had a lovely scattering she went audrey went to, yeah, uh, to the la- into the lake district yeah into some water that was that was lovely um, that was fine. But, uh, but it's like only, those, those are the most recent examples, apart it, from Hayley. It feels to me like... I, I don't know how much of this yeah, is right, an Ian McLeod thing. Good. What? There was one, one that yeah. was... I, I don't know whether okay. it's an Ian McLeod thing. I can't remember whether Mary's ash drop was Ian McLeod. But the um, the other one that I said, Dennis, Dennis Tanner definitely was, wasn't he? Yeah, that was last year. And then this one was. I Honestly, I think that Dean McLeod has got a thing against Ashes. And Ashers, I have to say. Because look at <laughs> everything that Ashers been going through this past few years. <laughs> Pictures on the internet. Uh, now with all this caught up with Corey. Ashes and Ashers, Ian McLeod doesn't get on with them. Right, I think what we want to do, what I wanted to do with this, is um, do a really mini, quick speed round let's run down what happened in today's other stories and then we'll get on to the real meat of the week um i think we'll, if we let's start off with a feeling burnt out so i'll see what i can do in less than a minute on this it's basically todd's still narky that um, george has got his ashes around feelings ashes he's been coming and hanging on for them for a week george try uh, todd tries to get rid of them when george isn't there but george knows what he's on about they end up having a little 
um, socially distanced chase around a coffin. Todd falls over. The ashes go everywhere. Eileen walks in just at this moment to find the ashes of her ex-serial killing husband on the floor. And Todd's like, oh, it's an old lady. We accidentally spilled her and she's been here five years. We're going to... Uh, and then George is like, right, let's put her, we, let's put her in... Get her out in a nice memorial garden. And Eileen gets all, all little heartstrings tugged by this and says, you know what? I'm going to give her a good send-off next week. That is what happened on this story today, wasn't it? That's was pretty much pretty it. Pretty much it. So I... And I you, you missed out that the, 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 the ashes are called Patsy. Yes. And also, we have to give props to um, the actor for Todd. Gareth Pierce. Who tripped over and went, ah! I thought... I don't like... Uh, <laughs> I really like Todd and George. You have to... You have to that but bit... it was just... It was... That was that th- stick. And... But... No matter... Look. I understand. This is... We just ranted about it. This has been a bit disrespectful. But... When he went... Ah. I thought that the moment <laughs> Todd went over was actually very well done. He's, that's more difficult than you would think. Yeah. On the other hand, I think that the silly faces that George was pulling Todd... It's just pulling like, no, Todd. pulling at Todd okay. when Eileen walks in. And, and, and George does these, like, sort of... How Eileen funny. doesn't spot that, I don't know. Okay. Um... It was it was silly and it was like and, and I know it's Pat and I know we're supposed to hate him and he's a villain we and it's like him. ha ha look what's happened to this bad guy no. but it's a bit like they did with Dennis wasn't it like yeah. Dennis Tanner oh he was such a wrong un ha ha look at his ashes scattered across the uh, car park by the ambulance I I, I, I dread think... to think what is going to happen to my poor precious Pat feeling on Monday's episode because you just know that Eileen's. I, I, I've not looked, I'm still really, really trying my hardest to stay spoiler-free at the moment. I, I've got no idea what's going to happen with this. But she's not going to give him a nice spread send-off, is she? If she does, and I'll, I'll eat my hat, there's going to be something horrible that goes wrong with them. Poor, poor Pat. And I agree with what George says, even though he was a horrible, raping, murdering, scousing builder... Yeah. He still deserves a bit of respect. And I, he's one of my favourite characters ever. And, oh, I'm so mad at it. I'm so mad. But I don't want to get too mad because quite often I get mad about things that I think are going to happen. They don't always happen. But Would you get mad about that happening to Stalin? It's different. It's different. I've I've not... I think Coronation Street's not very good at differentiating between characters we love to hate and characters that we hate. And I think, unfortunately... <laughs> and and uh, far-right dictators. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, sometimes characters we hate are characters that they really desperately want us to like. I, I wonder whether they would have done this with, like... Michelle. <laughs> Not dead <laughs> yet. Um, honestly, anyway. Listen, honestly, if somebody went, oh, no, it's so sad, RIP, Michelle's died, here's her ashes, whoops! I would go. <laughs> I was I was really interested when these ashes showed up last week to find out what they were going to do with them. And, oh, Curry. Corey, There's nothing Corey, they could Corey. have done with them that would make any logical sense because he is a murderer. I know. And there are still people that watch the show that really d- hated him and thought he ruined the show and also think that fictional characters should be punished. You know, same way as I, I don't like people. Like, if that was Tim. I just... <laughs> suck him up in a vacuum cleaner. I don't oh, like. yeah, no, you're probably right, actually. If it was Tim, I'd really laugh my head off at this. <laughs> I, just, I, I, I still hope... Uh, do you think that Eileen's going to find out whose ashes they are? Of course. There's no, there's no payoff otherwise. 
But it depends, because if she, you know, accidentally does, you know, trip over herself and they land in the toilet... Are they going to fall again? She, are they going to get scattered accidentally again, I are they? I don't know. I don't, and she goes, oh, oh well. And, and, and everyone else goes, oh, well, then that could be it. But she might find out there. But if it, it might lead to some, you know... If it was poignant. Thought-provoking, poignant, oh, I did love you once sort of scene. Did he ever love me? I'll yeah, never know. that kind of thing. Then yeah. maybe it'll be okay. I don't know. Right. Okay, right, Gemma. Speed round time. Heartbroken story. What's Curtis and Emma getting up to? Go. Curtis has got to go for some test results later at the hospital and he's eating a big box of pills and Emma's sad and asking him about it. He goes to work and Sean is wittering away and Curtis begins to look faint and wants to fall over and Sean's completely used to this, doesn't notice that Curtis is sick, thinks he's just bored, which is the normal reaction people get to Sean. So he doesn't really notice there's anything wrong until Curtis actually collapses on the floor. Oh no! Emma finds Sean... And Curtis getting ready to go in the ambulance. She she goes to the hospital. Um, Curtis is awake. He has got a normal ECG and blood test result, but they want to keep him in overnight. And he says, no, don't fancy that. Thank you very much. Fed up. I know I'm going to spend the rest of my life in hospital. At some point, I don't want to wait to die. I want to live my life. So back at the flat, Curtis tells Emma, I'm absolutely fine. Actually, I'm going to an online support group now. Would you like to come? And she says, no, it sounds boring. So he gets upset and then he talks to his friend about uh, difficult to stay calm with ultimate death. And Emma feels sad that he's that he's uh, um, dealing with this. Then he finds her in speed dial and she agrees he needs to make the most of things while he's alive and says, why don't you move in with me? And he says, that sounds like the way I'd like to spend the rest of my very short life. Lovely. Um, unnecessary. Okay, maybe it's bringing something up for next week. Okay, I, I just want is, right, next listen, week to be all trial as well. This I week, I, I didn't know how long the trial was going to be. It became quite apparent at, on, during Wednesday that, uh, that it wasn't going to get wrapped up by the end of the week. So I'm thinking, surely we we know Coronation Street is written to be uh, consumed in week blocks. Must be the end is going to it's going to climax next Friday. Well, they so don't, next I week, can't think I of any time want... when they've made trials last longer than two weeks. It can't be three week long trial. It's got it's got to wrap up next week, and Friday feels like a good time for it to end because it will be climactic and exciting and it will build up to the week mm. if we get that and also curtis going oh, i'm dying or oh, i don't you know it's going to ruin it nobody cares about curtis it was literally He's like not an old it was almost character. like he was being an attention whore by collapsing in the middle of today's <laughs> episode it's like look at me splat oh no call the ambulance don't don't watch what's Sean's going on like, oh. Sean's like oh no somebody i'm not allowed Can to go near him we again we have spoken at length well maybe not at length we've moaned in short bursts about people collapsing on Coronation Street this year summer's collapsed what um, is it about probably other people that I have mean, forgotten is it because, Peter's collapsed is it because social distancing makes it stand out and look more stupid I don't know. And therefore you notice it more? Or was there always this number of collapses? There were not this many collapses in the past. Is it just an easy, yeah, well, is it it just an easy even... thing to do with this current... COVID. Yeah. Because even it's... when um, when Johnny got his diagnosis, we were calling it oopsie-daisy disease because he was fainting all the time. He's not collapsed half as many times as the rest of the residents on Coronation Street this past year. But we called it oopsie-daisy disease because literally there weren't that many faintings. On no. the show. It's like everybody's turned into those fainting goats that you get on the internet. Where they just be bouncing around and then suddenly they're on the floor collapsed. She's like she's like a Victorian woman. Who's Is actually she? 
No, everybody, sorry. Everyone's just like a Victorian woman that's like swooning, swooning. because they've seen a man's ankle or something. That's what Coronation well, Street is. It's a very well into. waxed moustache, I'll have you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. So I, I don't. Well, so I, I kind of like Curtis. He's all right. He's, he's all right. Fine. He's harmless. But I feel. I'm starting to feel like I like him more because of how bullied he is on this show. <laughs> I'm starting to to come around. There's he's nothing wrong into, with him. He's Curtis just... is turning into a Jay Goody. Oh, do you think? What do you mean? There's nothing wrong with him. He's got a heart condition. He's <laughs> gonna die. How no, dare what you? I mean. There's nothing inherently bad about the character. He's just not that exciting. And today it felt like, oh, we want to have Curtis move in with Emma. How can we do that? Oh, we'll just have him collapse. collapse. That's a bit of drama for you. And also, for somebody who um, doesn't want to talk about it and doesn't want to have it hanging over him, he certainly is making a bloody meal out of it, isn't he? He didn't. He talks about nothing else. Oh, it's sitting He's quite there a bore his, about it, actually. With his giant box of pills right in the middle of the front room going, om, yum, yum, so difficult. <laughs> Sorry, look, I, I've got my own problems and I've had to face up to some horrible things this week. I didn't make a big fuss about it and then say I wasn't making a fuss about it. Make a fuss about it. If I was Curtis, I'd be telling everyone all the time. I wouldn't shut up about it. But then I wouldn't also be saying, but I don't want to talk about it. I Which bet it's right at the top doing. of his CV. But he has put... horrible heart condition. Yeah. Nobody milking knows it. what it is. He's milking it. He's milking it and he's trying to pretend he's not. Have it one way or the other. That's why I say Curtis. You either are or you're not. Yeah. Right. Lastly, we got pop a ring on her finger. Although, actually, this wasn't about Alina's engagement at all. But it's what's been going on with Tyrone and Fizz. What is going on? Well, they're off to the psycho- psychotherapist we or physiotherapist or psychologist or something. They're going to they're taking Hope to a shrink today, aren't they? Yeah. And um, Hope, Hope didn't really want to be there. And she, she talks about, oh, everybody leaves me. Daddy left me. My sister Jade left me. Oh, my real dad left me. Oh, everybody always leaves me. And the woman's like, oh, yeah, this is going to be fine. It's going to take a while but you're going to get there in the end and Tyrone's a bit down about it Alina's also having a bit of a mope in the factory later because Tyrone's not texted her to let her know how they got on in the session and Michael says just don't worry babe he's probably he's probably in the pub something um, just trying to relax and he is he's playing darts with wise man Kirk who says everything's going to be fine mate don't worry just give it some time and Tyrone says I will give it some time but I'm going to move back in with Biz and Hope and Ruby I don't know what Alina's going to say but I'm going to go home and tell her straight away Alina I'm back home I've got something to tell you on the way to have something to tell you first I book a holiday for Romania the week after next great Alina I'm for it and that was what happened in that story. Yep. Sorry, you were going to interrupt it's, me. It's gone. It's gone. The moment is over. Don't care. Don't, well, I mean, it's fine. I just didn't need it this week. Seriously didn't need it this week. I just feel as though this week got off to a really shaky start. Whoa, controversial. Um, and then Wednesdays was really magnificent. And I was hoping that we were building up. Yeah. And we weren't. It, that was the climax of the week, was Wednesday's episode. And this episode just felt like, oh, crap. Quick, shove that in. Okay, so let, let's move on. But, yeah, a lot of people really did like Mondays, didn't oh, they? Oh, yeah, Mon- Mondays went down a storm. I, I have watched it twice. I watched it on Monday night and then again on Tuesday morning. And, and I think I appreciated it more. I think yeah. we need to get on to that because people are probably reaching for the the off button already that's the end that's of the us end talking of about speed rounds that was quarter of an hour so um did our best so we'll get on to the r kelly sebs abuse trial then i'll talk monday How you can, can talk wednesday and then i'll go back and do friday because yeah everybody most people 
thought that Monday's was epic. And it was certainly different, wasn't it? And they yeah. went for the whole whooshy whooshy camera style and the and the flashback and the Whenever cars driving this, backwards and everything. There's there's going to be mixed opinions. Yeah. And this doesn't all this doesn't really it takes a lot to work on me, and it didn't. I still enjoyed it on the whole, but there were there was things lacking that I hoped would be there. I just want to say something and, quickly. What? That I felt that the way the story was constructed led me to expect something that never happened. Yeah, that's, and that's me I for Monday. I don't blame them particularly because there's not really... It was kind of difficult for them to have written it in a different way to have not led people to this conclusion because we're all used to consuming media and stories and we're all kind of used to... The thing is, we already knew this is what happened. We didn't know for sure, but it was... It's pretty much certain that Corey did the kicking. That Corey did the kicking because we've got Imran, who is, you know, our knight in shining armor character, defending him, and um, so, and we've got Kelly, who we're supposed to feel sorry for because she's a pretty young blonde, girly girl, and Corey, who's like the snarling rich kid. We knew they had been set up to be polar opposites and for us to sympathise with one over the other. So when the flashback came, I thought. Well, if they're dedicating this much time to it, we're going to learn something different or I'm going to come out of this and know something. But all it really did was fill in the blanks of some things that weren't actually really that important or pivotal to let us know at the end, oh, yeah, that is exactly what happened. And number one, it was a very um, unambitious... I don't want to be rude, but it was an unambitious way of telling the story... Um, from the point of view of, of like actual storytelling, not like visually, it was very it was very ambitious visually, but it was just very simple. This is how it happened. There was no that uh, what I wanted was a little bit of unreliable narration from people where different perspectives and different people remembered things slightly differently, and then at the end maybe we would have gotten the actual real ending, the actual real story. But it was all just very, this is it, like, memory is absolutely reliable, eyewitnesses, always completely right. This is the thing that, that kind of got to me about it. This is not true. <laughs> like, no, there's no way that this would be completely accurate. Nina's remembering, would remember things wrong, wrongly, especially after this amount of time. Eyewitnesses, completely unreliable. Um, half of it was, like Sabine was trying to say, a fantasy mm. and a and a daydream and half of it was real. I don't know. I just thought it was a bit, like I said, unambitious to show the story exactly as it happened as a, as a revelation. If it had come at a different point in the story when I wasn't expecting something to be revealed to me, I would have taken it more on face value. But I felt like we'd already seen most of this when it actually happened. And when it actually happened the first time... I found it very impactful and harrowing and genuinely emotional. But the second time when I watched it in the flashback, it just didn't hit me. But I do know that people who have had experiences with things like this really found it quite cathartic to watch and they preferred it to be done like this in a very plain and straightforward way. So I can see from both both perspectives. But in my mind, what I kind of wanted to happen was um, we get Corey's perspective, which is the fake story about 
um, Kelly kicking. If that had been what Seb. we'd seen first, that could have been a bit of a shock like to the Seb, audience. Like Seb going, this is, um, sorry, Corey going, this is what happened. And then we see that and we're like, what? And then we see Kelly's version of what happened. And then we finally end up with Nina walking through the actual event, not from her memory, but the actual event, and sort of watching it as it happened, like she's some kind of force ghost come back from the past, you know? That would have been a bit, you know, a bit different, a bit of a different way of telling the story. I just felt like we were being told the story again, yeah. the same way we'd already been told it. I, I felt the same thing. And I mean, that this is, I, I said something similar to you as soon as we but finished watching how, it on Monday, didn't, didn't I? And, and, and you were like, oh yeah, that does make sense actually. And then you came up with all the stuff about the different perspectives. So I think between us, we've concocted a fairly similar view on Monday's episodes. But it's a very overcomplicated way of telling a story and they probably wanted it to be very plain like I said and factual and they didn't want to introduce the idea that there's any doubt because I'm sure people probably even listening to this now would find it disrespectful to the memory of the real victim of the crime that this is based on and we don't want to disrespect her memory at all which is where you get to when you base your story on a real-life situation. Mm. And every single time Coronation Street does this, they get accused of being disrespectful and sensationalising. So I'm sure that they are... I'm sure they had their reasons, conscious. and I'm sure that they were they put an awful lot of thought into how they were going to There's, do there it. There was no need to do it the way I said. The only reason that it felt like it, it was missing something was because of how we are primed, or how I am, speaking for everyone here, how, how you, you get primed to consume media and expect things I'm, when a story kind of infers by showing you the same thing more than once. Yeah, I went into Monday's episode expecting a revelation, expecting a twist. Yeah. And, and although I did enjoy it, and, and it was interesting seeing things in different angles and seeing things that had been described watching them getting played out because we hadn't seen them before we'd only heard about them and like you said that the, the direction the shooting the lighting the grading everything the performances were brilliant mm-hmm. all the cast absolutely flawless monday's episode the whole week was great for this story yeah but i was just expecting something and so and, and and like you said some people weren't some people wanted that it was completely plain as it was it obviously went down very very well but that that moment when we see the shot of Nina yeah. looking around the van, the scroll to the ring, and then to, to Seb on the floor. The way that that was done, it was a brilliant, brilliant shot. I absolutely adored that shot. Yep. And I was thinking, was really as the powerful. camera was panning, I was thinking, oh, they're going to show it was Kelly. They're going to show it was Kelly and, and make it. Yeah. so and, and, and completely pull the rug out from under us because we had clearly, there, there was no, there couldn't have been any doubt in any viewer's mind that it was Corey that did it. Nobody must have thought that Kelly had done it at this point. So if they suddenly said, and it was Kelly that did it all along and, and, and we'd been tricked by her, I, I would, at the time I was thinking that would be amazing. And it, and it was still a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant scene, but I was just a little bit let down that it was like, it oh, was that, that's what I thought happened. That camera, yeah, that camera um, shot was supposed to increase our tension and make us sort of not want to turn around to see the horrible crime that we knew was happening right behind us. But unfortunately, it was also the sort of shot that you use when you're going, and this is what was going on. Yeah. And it it was a revelation because we didn't know for... 100% 100% sure. Yeah. But... It's just the, it's just like the language of cinema and, and the way that 
camera shots and stuff are used to tell a story yeah. and lead you to expect certain things. I mean, I'm I'm glad it was Corey, don't get me wrong, because mm-hmm. it, he's a horrible, he's horrible monster. And, and I think there is something <laughs> redeemable in Kelly, as much as I think she definitely needs to get some kind of comeback with her. She needs to have some sort of punishment. But I'd rather keep her on the street and see her, you know, getting her rehabilitation, classic Corey style, than, than, than him, the smarmy git in his his nasty um, dad mm. I don't want any nasty of that nasty dad so uh, yeah anyway let... I just wanted to get that off my chest at the beginning um, but I I thought the whole thing was very spooky it was kind of like reenactment wasn't it it was like a crime it was like crime watch UK crime watch yeah oh, um, it was very interesting at the beginning you're, you're supposed to be doing this aren't you but... yeah 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 it starts off with a flashback it doesn't starts it? Off with, with, a dream. with Nina having her dream she's having a dream in the cafe and you can tell it's a dream because the cars are going backwards and there's a man going backwards on a bike uh, and, she, and she hears this um, the music I can't remember what it was no it wasn't that one it wasn't the Desmond <laughs> thing it was oh Seb, I had it in my head Seb then. was crossing the road in his he bare was feet. wasn't he which is uh, symbolic it, it's symbolic that he's dead um, so yeah she she wakes up and she she hears this music that Roy's got on in the cafe and oh, that I she uses it was. the trigger it was no it wasn't oh. I, I literally had it I was starting to say, <laughs> sorry da, 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 da. it was that one what that one and she's like I remember I'm starting to remember new things but they're all jumbled and this is what happens with all the memories during the episode and this was another great thing that I liked about it, it the flashback wasn't chronological was it it jumped all over the place and again if we hadn't been told pretty much everything that happened in this flashback from Corey and Kelly's accounts, it would have been fascinating to have tried to piece together the actual order that all this happened in. But that was really, really good, having the flashbacks in a different order to mirror um, Nina's, you know, gradually having things coming back to her. So anyway, um, Sabine turns up at Imran's office. She bought him a coffee, very nice. What's she doing here, though? Well, she wants to know about how he's feeling about this whole manslaughter thing if they're going to agree to manslaughter maybe they get a reduced sentence she's not going to be advising Corey to plead guilty to that though and Imran's like well no Kelly doesn't need to either he's you know all bravado um and and they like uh, I don't think we're gonna go with that thank you very much meanwhile Roy has called Abby over to the cafe and Nina says look I'm starting to remember things about what happened so Abby says great I'm gonna go and get some other things you want help remembering I've got this bag of Seb's stuff Maybe I should have... She, well, she didn't say this, but she was, probably should have done. Maybe I should have shown you this bag of Seb stuff at any point in the past three or four months because it might have helped trigger some other memories. Never mind, I've got it now. Here we go. So she gets this, this bag and kind of plonks it out on the table. Um, and we get to find a little bit about Seb's hoarding habits. He's got his bottle caps and his football cards and whatever. And a plastic pink ring with a heart on and I was wondering whether this would make another appearance it's that lovely little one British pound ring that he um, used to kind of semi-propose to Nina on the day of the attack and Nina's like oh I remember this and they agree that if she goes back to the waste ground and by the canal and everything maybe she will remember what happened on the night Uh, and again I was thinking at this point why didn't you do this before but never mind, better late than never, you guys. So Nina, Abby, Asher and Summer go on their little out and about trip, going back to where they were on the night of the attack. Not Abby, of course, she wasn't there. She just tagging along with the cool kids. And um, they, they go to this the waste ground bit first and they kind of all sit in the you place. You find it's a teenage wasteland. Teenage wasteland, yes. They're all sort of sit in the place where 
um, diff- the, where the main players were. So like, it's what Corey is played by Abby and. I can't remember, but it starts to come back to her and it's all kind of interspersed with the clips from the episode back in the beginning of May. Um, and, um, she, and and then Nina remembers a little bit further on when she's running away. She's been plonked down on the floor and she gets up and runs. Now, this is where my um, I'd made assumptions about things. When on the night at the beginning of May that we saw the attack and Nina gets up and runs off. In my head, for whatever reason, I had her turning right around a corner. And that's why I'd been so insistent. You didn't see what happened to Seb. How on earth are you going to remember whether it was Corey or Kelly that were kicking? You weren't there. I literally thought that she was in the next street down. Into a, um, I thought she'd gone down a little ginnel or something. But she absolutely didn't. She just runs down the road a little bit, trips on a curb and falls between two vans. And then um, Eli and... Oh, what's his face? The other one. I've got their names written down somewhere later on. They start to kick her. Meanwhile, Imran goes to visit Kelly and says, sorry, Kelly, we can't use that blood spatter evidence in court. All of that, £7,000 it was that he's wasted on blood spatter evidence. I don't think he actually spent it all in the end, did he? I don't know. I I thought he... I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's... I I, I assume that's going to come up again later. Otherwise, it seems like a bit of a um, wasted bit of time in the story. Um, But anyway, can't use that. Sorry, love, because the your 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 things were in the wrong bag, um. So, uh, she he she starts crying about it because this is what they were going to use as their main bit of evidence, and then he brings up this idea of the plea bargain, and she's like, "No, I didn't even touch Seb. Why would I say that I manslaughtered him when I didn't even go near him? I tried to stop it." So the walk with Abby and the girls are still going on. Nina remembers um, this place where she and Seb hid from the, the, the bullies for a little bit. And this was something that we didn't see back in May. They kind of, is it up against some storage crates or some big breeze blocks or something? I can't remember. They kind of hide out somewhere. More flashback. So they did bring Harry Viznoni back to play Seb. Ace loved seeing him again. And they have this lovely scene where they're up next to each other, um, which was more closer than they ever got back in back in spring because of the COVID um, dealing. And um, they, they have a bit of a talk and they have a bit of a kiss. Um, Seb says, oh, I'm going to stay with you forever. Very, very sweet. Lovely. Love that. Um, Sabine, meal, meanwhile, meanwhile, is talking to Corey and saying, right, you, tell me again, one last time, what happened on the night of the attack? What is your version of events? Because she needs to make sure that he's got this all, all set in his head. Um, so he says, yeah, yeah, I, um, we, we were there in the wasteland and then the, they, then um, Nina and Seb came and Kelly was being horrible to them, slapped Nina and then, you know, I just I just went home by myself. And, uh, and she was like, hang on a minute, <laughs> you were there with, uh, with, with everybody when the attack was happening. And he's like, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> he completely gets his story wrong. I don't know how on earth that happened when... He must have gone through this many times before, but he was like, "Oh yeah, oh it's confusing." He um he 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 doesn't he he pretends he doesn't know. So he's he's slipping up. This story is not straight in his head at all. Um, Nina and Co. Meanwhile, are at the place of the attack, 
and she's starting to remember the moment that they were knocked down and she remembers running off. And she says, oh, I thought that Seb would get up and run too. That's why I ran off. I wasn't abandoning him. I, th- I thought he'd be able to come after me, which is interesting because at the time I said I thought that she was running off and kind of leading the others away from him, which uh, didn't get brought up. But anyway, she says, right, I remember crawling away from Eli and Jay. That's the other person. He's a wrong He is a total wrong that, And that's a well-established fact. Yeah. And they, they stamp on her. It's it's horrific. It They didn't hold back on the violence, did it? I mean, for what they could do pre-Watershed, it really was very ghastly and bloody and, um, yeah, very... Um, what's a good word? Horrible. Very horrible Eli stuff. And... Eli and Jay stamping on Tell you what, Nina. Eli and Jay, I'm going to say, mm. compared to Corey, stand-up blokes... They, they are compared to Corey. They didn't turn on each other, did they? No. They held the hands up and went, yep, was me, I'll plead guilty, yeah. I've done it. Don't Whereas think... he and Nina, um, not Nina, Kelly. Kelly, both pointing fingers at each other. Who can <laughs> say he was right and wrong? I say, send them both down, just to be sure. Um, so this is when Nina remembers, we have that awesome tracking shot, and we have Nina remembering the attack. So Corey's there, laying into Seb, this was all like very slowed down and the sound was wishy-washy so you can't really hear what was being said um and and kelly kind of she pulls him away and he's like gets really mad at her and sort of shoves her back and then goes in for another couple of kicks um and she's like going oh what are you doing and that was the cliffhanger at the end of the first monday episode the final definite 100 percent sure revelation that it was Corey doing the kicking after the break um, Abby's like, right, are you absolutely sure about this? And Nina says, yeah, I remember it now. Kelly was trying to break it up. She didn't do it. And Abby kind of needs to take a moment to compose herself after this because ever since this attack has been happening, she's been gunning for Kelly just as she has for Corey. And now she's, in her head, got to try and correct this narrative and believe that actually Kelly is, in inverted commas, innocent in this. I mean, she doesn't say, I think we all know that she deserves a little bit of banishment for this. Um, so back uh, with Kelly and Imran, she's telling him the story. Um, interestingly, she says, oh, it's a, it was like hide and seek. It was a game. I thought it was interesting how they put that in the script, that that's kind of how it seemed to her, because she was obviously three sheets to the wind anyway, and she was all giggly and everything. She said, oh, it was just a laugh, and then when we found them, it was like we'd run the game, and 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 it didn't sound in the slightest like this was her excuse. It was literally just her recounting how it felt at the time to her. Um, very, very well done. Um, but for her, the game stopped as Corey started kicking seven bells out of Seb and she says she froze. We'll come back to this because I still have things to say about this. Um, she says that he was kicking him like a football, and then he's very we... talented at football. He is. He is. Ask just ask Tommy O. He's yeah. he's let he's met him like over one time. That's Less, the sort of skill fewer that than they ten want times on the Weatherfield Junior team. Yeah, it makes you wonder why um d- uh James got such a great uh, career. Yeah, yeah what's yeah. he been up Who's to? It, yeah, exactly. What's he been up Who's to down been, the Guinness? Who's he been kicking? Yeah. Um, right, so then we get to see a, like a proper version of the kicking scene with it, um, you know, not 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 slowed down, um, and we and it was extended as well. So we see Corey kind of pushing Kelly away, and he, the the look on his face was just fantastic like when he was look down there kicking Seb. Um, he's just so so evil, and Kelly kind of starts panicking, doesn't she? And she kind of goes back to like as a as a big um, 
a big bin that she kind of goes and has a bit of a panic and she's kind of bent down and then she, and then she comes back to Corey again and tries to tries to pull him away and uh, and this is when she she's finally able to get him to stop. Um, and 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 she he he walks away after. He he's like I can't remember who says it. It's like they they like check Seb and like is is he breathing? Is he dead? Um, it appears that Seb is okay. Corey runs it off. Oh no no sorry no he doesn't at this point. <laughs> well it seems un- he just is lying. Yeah, there. Corey he's runs off before we find out that Seb isn't completely dead quite yet. So Kelly's left there, and yeah, she's. But we did know. We knew that. Well, yeah, we we knew we knew because we knew that he was the one that phoned the ambulance. Yeah. And when initially. When we, uh, when they were found and went to the hospital, it was actually Nina that was the bit of that was the you know oh she seems like she's in a bad way and Seb was up and talking, remember when when they first came back they were like oh Seb Seb Seb's all right but Nina's the one that we're worried about and then suddenly Seb went downhill and died. Is that what happened? Yeah, I think so. Because thought... they were like he was on the phone to the ambulance. He's oh, all right. Yeah. And the and when they first came in and they were like, "Oh, Roy, you should go oh, in." I, I didn't in my and head that he died that... at the scene. No, he didn't. He was in hospital, wasn't yes. he? It was Abby holding his hand. Yes, and Thank there was that for... bit where um... see memory completely unreliable. Yeah, there's that bit where uh, Roy gets handed all of Nina's uh, metallic items before yes, she that's goes right. to surgery. That is absolutely right. I completely forgot. And he's like, about "Why that. are you giving this to me?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, Corey runs off not knowing whether he's killed this uh, Seb or not. Whereas it, Kelly then starts to kneel down. This is obviously where she gets the blood on the shoes. Neither of them seem to have particular bloody shoes in these flashbacks, by the way. I, I don't know after they made such a big thing about it. They spray. had very, very shiny white shoes, despite the fact that we were led to believe that they were s- s- sopping with blood, but never mind. I think we should keep encouraging young people to wear very bright white trainers, because this is obviously the only way we can discover what crimes they've been committing. Yes, very true. So, <laughs> Seb suddenly starts coughing up blood, and Kelly's like, right, he's not dead. She says that... She's like, he seems fine. I'm really sorry, and runs off. Although... Um, she just before he was about to do that, she's got her phone out of her pocket, so she is just about to call an ambulance. But when she realizes, oh, he's probably going to be all right, actually. Well, he can cough up his own blood, so yeah, he. That's I, a sign I'm, I'm going to go. She's terrified, so she t- she tells him around about running away, thinking he'd be okay. Um, she couldn't see what was happening with Nina at this point because it was dark. She was a bit far away, but she swears she would not have left Seb if she'd known just what a bad way he was. I can't help but think it would have made absolutely no difference. And she doesn't think people believe her. I don't know. I don't well, know. Well, he, he kind of regains consciousness and drags himself. Yeah. Yeah, he well, that's at the very end of the episode, isn't I it? We'll get to that in a minute. I don't want to Imran says, look, Kelly, people will believe you. I believe you. It was very heartwarming. Lovely. Corey deserves to pay for this. So, Sabine, meanwhile, is finishing up with Corey and he's, she says... Tell tell this when you get up on the stand on Friday. You need to tell me, tell them, tell everybody what happened just the way that you told me, which I found very interesting because, as we said earlier, when he recounted this these version of events earlier in the episode, he slipped up, which made me think. So Sabine, are you telling him to slip up on the stand? I. I I didn't know where, whether they were going anywhere with this, and clearly they didn't in the end, and it would have been very prof- unprofessional and everything. It would have been but a bit weird. It was. It became increasingly clear as the week went on that Sabine 
did not believe Corey. She knows that he was spinning a yarn, but she's kind of in too deep with it now. As long as he doesn't tell her... Yeah, this is the line. As long as I don't know that you are lying... You can say what you like. Yeah, but as soon as if, if Corey if you had to said to her, "Me and perjury, yeah. we're both you, you, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be involved with lying to the court." Yeah, so she clearly has suspicions, but it did make me wonder whether she was not pushing him too much to remember the exact events because she knows that he deserves um, justice. I know. Hang, drawn, and quartering. It's quite weird that Stefan has hired the only honest lawyer in Weatherfield to represent his son. So I'm sure there's a bunch of sleazy blokes who would have gone, listen, mate, I don't care if you've done it or not. You well, know what I mean? Like, she's yeah. like, don't tell me. I don't, like, it's better for us. She didn't say any of this, but you can think you, like, you can build this into her character backstory without it being, um, you know, yeah. contradicting anything. I was expecting to see, like, more than one person. <laughs> when we've heard about this crack team of lawyers that Stefan's hired to, to defend... Um, thingy his to his son and it just turns out no it's, it's just Sabine really I guess everybody else has you know worked very hard in the background they just didn't need to turn up on the day um, okay so where do we get to I'm lost in my notes la 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 okay so um, flashback again so for the rest of the episode we kind of start to see a few more flashbacks of what happened to Corey so this is his him remembering what happened so he's running away he gets to the alley starts to change his clothes and we, we'd heard of I before I don't remember why he's got a change of clothes. I know, it looks very suspicious, doesn't it? Almost as if he went out knowing that he would kick someone to death and he'd need a, need a change of clothes just in case. Um, we um, have Nina okay. Nina and Abby getting back to the cafe, telling Roy so how it's like, gone. this is like, if you're, if you're a woman, it, you, might, you might have, you know, a, uh, a pad in your bag just in case you might start your period by accident. And a rape maybe, alarm. Maybe if you're really cautious, you a spare pair of pants. But blokes have a spare murder outfit. Yeah, just in case, just in case. We, we get accidentally carried oh, away the, with ourselves. The things you learn doing a podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so flashback again. Um, we have Corey and Kelly meeting up afterwards. So this is what, this was when it flashes to almost the end. Yeah, Corey's been outside and he's done all his changing and everything and the stuff that we see later. He gets back to Victoria Court now. Kelly's there panicking. Um, and, and he's, and he's saying, look, is is he dead or not? And she's like, no, he's, he's not in a good way, but you haven't killed him. And he's like, good. Um, or what we need to do now is deny this, deny, deny, deny. And he's like getting right in her face and he, and she, she's kind of left with no option really, but she's feels, she's already very vulnerable about what's happened and she's, you know, um. Well, she just watched this bloke kick someone else to death and now he's in her face going, don't you say a word. Exactly, exactly. Um, don't don't say anything. Um, Seb yeah. won't say anything yeah, either. Seb, Seb, Seb's not going to exactly. Yeah. We, we're going to get away with this, yeah. and then we flash back uh, to the present to Kelly, and she is sick in her bin. Wow, she's so upset and yeah. remorseful. Um, Toya is then back with Imran in the office, and he's saying, "Oh God, Kelly doesn't stand a chance here because everyone's going to be against her. What with her being a kneeling and Corey being a rich Brent and everything." And then what is this like, Harry Potter world? Like, yeah. Oh, he's the Neelands are the Slytherins. He he's um. Well, actually, the Brents a are Malfoy. as well. And and the, the Brents are total Malfoys, and aren't they? And she's just a, a lowly Potter. No, I think I think that the, <laughs> she's a lowly um, Weasley. 
<laughs> she wishes she was. She's not a Gryffindor. She's still a Slytherin. She's, I, I she's say, still one of the lesser Slytherins. I, yeah, she's a crab or a Goyle. Yeah, I would she say. is. Yeah. I, I, I reckon that Mister and Mister Crab and Mister Goyle are both are like the uh, the lone sharks of the Wizarding world. Oh, probably. Yeah, Mister Brent is get definitely you, Lucius. Get you some galleons. <laughs> um, okay, so Simon bursts into Imran's office and says, "I know something." Oh yeah, I want to be si- in the story. Simon, by the way, overheard. Um, Abby and Nina telling Roy about what, what they'd remembered about it being Kelly that had been doing the kicking. So now he's told Imran. And Simon is friends with Kelly. Yes. Because he fancies her, probably. Something like that. Corey, um, back in the prison, is in his cell. He's looking pretty regretful. He's He's been looking worried. He All, all week, it's felt like he's, he's like a, a hair's breadth but away from cracking. They've made it very clear to us watching that we're supposed to realise that there's a difference between him and the way he is regretful about what happened and Kelly. Kelly is viscerally, physically sick over what happened to poor Seb. With Corey, but it's Corey like, is worried what about is going to happen to me? Me and my future football career. Well, yeah, me and everything, me and my freedom. Me and myself. Because he knows that he did it. Um, yeah, he's. I don't think that he's got... Um, I don't think he feels sorry for for Seb necessarily, but it's yes. Yeah, what's going to work? Well, this could come back to me. Um, and he, lo- he looks in the mirror and stuff. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. To he... make us remem- realize that he's very vain. Yes, he. <laughs> <laughs> it's he, symbolic. <laughs> he remembers hiding his bag of clothes, yes. walking off, getting to Ash's flat, looking himself in the mirror, like you said, Go, having God, a bit of a I moment. There. I won't last a minute in prison. <laughs> Um, Summer, Ardy and Asher later in in number seven. Nice to get a little bit of Ardy this week. Would have had, would have accepted more. Yeah, definitely. Um, I could have done with Ardy instead of Simon, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I don't but trust Simon's motives. I'm like, can have, she's not going to shag you. Can have Ardy <laughs> fancying Kelly because he's, he's he fancies Summer, doesn't he? Oh, his heart belongs um, to her. Yeah. Asha then starts to have... I, I really love this flashback. Asha's saying, I just can't believe how normal Corey seemed that evening. And we flash back to them sitting on the sofa, don't we? And Corey's there laughing his ass off at some comedy thing that's on the TV. And she's narked because he'd been horrible to her in the cafe earlier that day. And, and that moment there... I mean, there, there were so many moments on Monday's episode that make me think, what a nasty, horrible little scrubby oik that Corey is. But that was one of the worst, almost. Like... He thinks he's got away with it, and he just felt he just came across as totally relaxed and chilled after he almost killed somebody. Uh, that would be a brilliant, brilliant he flashback. That one. Well, yes, he he not not quite dead at that point. Um. So then, um, back to Corey in his cell again. He remembers more of the night. Jogger running past him, um, chucking his bag in the canal. Fine. Um, I love the way that he was like. The perfect crime. I shall throw my evidence in the canal where it will sink forever and no one <laughs> oh, will find hell, it's, it. It's bloated. What do oh. I do? Cut away, camera. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Should have put a brick in there. <laughs> I know, I know why crims always use bricks. Next time, oh. I'll put a brick in the bag. I remember. Um, <laughs> so, um, Imran is on the phone to Kelly later. He, she, she is mega chuffed to hear what Simon said. And um, yeah, I don't know whether Imran's jumping the gun a little bit here, but there is good news. New, this new evidence come along. She thinks it's all over. She's coming home. Um, and he's like, you still have got this trial to go through, by the way. And, and also Nina's got to go to the police station to give the evidence. I don't count your chickens yet, Miss, Miss Nealon. It does make me wonder. 
what if Nina had remembered this from the beginning, would Corey just not be able to get away with saying it wasn't me? I I don't know. Honestly, it's it's fair you know fair enough. She said that she saw him doing it, but any surely a lawyer could could uh, say you just saying that because you hated him. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it would have still got to this point. I don't know. It just the whole thing is really only got to this stage because Nina forgot what happened, which I totally understand as a um, completely normal reaction, and this happens more than people might think but don't know how much stock would be put into i've suddenly remembered well this is what sabine leaps on on wednesday isn't it in the convenient way possible that yeah yeah um okay so mind you i don't know does this is nina mad that she remembered that kelly had nothing to do with it no because i would be i'd be like look I'm going to say oh, you I did it anyway. <laughs> yeah, you hit me, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Right. Honestly, though, does she not get anything for... That is assault, isn't it? Yeah. And battery, slapping somebody. You can't just go around slapping people. And if you can, let me know, because I've got a list. <laughs> Roy finds Nina in Seb's garden towards the end of the episode, and she's massively apprehensive about going back to the police and reliving the night again. Obviously, she's got to do it. Um, Roy says, look, everyone's going to be behind you. It's going to be fine. And this is when we get the final, final flashback of the episode. Again, really well done. Seb crawling. Well, it's not really, it wasn't really a flashback because it wasn't from anyone's point of view, was it? Apart from maybe Seb's point of view. But we see mm. him crawling painfully, slowly um, across the tarmac over to Nina, um, picking up the ring along the way getting his phone, calling the ambulance, saying, oh, my girlfriend's being beaten up. He didn't even mention himself because he's such a... He's such a nice bloke. Such a lovely bloke. Um, he's like, and he's, like, and he's saying to Nina, it's going to be, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay, I love you. And um, and then he kind of collapses. And he, yeah, and he says, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't kind Seb's of... death, as I thought at the time, because you're right, yeah. it happens in the hospital later. It was really sad. It felt a bit thickly laid on, but... Oh, that, I it was fine. That he was really not bothered like he did he thought he, he didn't he had no care for him himself he was desperately worried about nina and he w- wasn't focusing on the fact that he's the one that's gonna not have yeah. this Can contract you, renewed you send two ambulances please imagine if one one little mini ambulance had turned up you and said like, that oh. you were five <laughs> anyway we'll just strap you to the top <laughs> luckily it's got one of those roof boxes <laughs> um i looked up the the song and i'm pretty sure it is Another Girl, Another Planet by The Only Ones. Oh, there we go. Okay, I, I knew it. Right, we were not going to discuss our, any more thoughts on this at the moment. We will come back to this. Wednesday, Gemma, over to you. What happened? Thank you. Um, we have a silent start. This is a bit strange. Kevin finds a message from Abby saying she's gone for a walk. And then we see um, Nina at home with Roy. And then we also see Imran screwing up a bit of paper. Because whenever he's got a big trial to prepare for... He likes to have a little vignette of himself looking at paper, yeah. isn't he, and writing things and going, no. He, he's old school, is Imran. Yeah, he doesn't, he, uh, he's actually... Although, he has one... got a new laptop this week, everybody. Oh. He no longer has his lovely, fruity, colourful laptop. It's nice It's nice and stern and grey, like yes. his jacket. He's like, I'm doing a murder trial now. Yeah, exactly. I can't be, have, can't be turning up with fruit on my laptop. People yeah. think I'm not taking it seriously. Yeah, I'm not doing a you know a case for clowns anymore. Or... No. 
who stole the pansies Magicians. in the flower garden. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it was a magician trial, wasn't it? <laughs> it was, wasn't it? Yeah, Jeff's was all about yeah. the razzmatazz. You're right. Um, Sorry, back to yeah, you. Yeah, so we have, like, you know, a, a little montage of characters preparing for the day's events. And Debbie wishes Kevin the best of luck, and he says, it's all down to Nina now, because today is her testimony, isn't it? Um, so yeah, and uh, Sue Devaney says, thank you, I'll pick up my cheque for the, uh, today's episode. That's my only appearance. Thank you, stuckers. I'm off home. Uh, Imran tells Toya that Nina has gone to the police station uh, last night, but they want to talk to her again in the morning. Um, and Roy, Nina and Roy are getting ready to go, and he's like, you're wearing that? And she's like, yes, I'm she's fine. She's still with her normal clothes, isn't it? Well, as in her not normal clothes. Her boring clothes. Her baggy clothes. jumper. Her boring clothes. So Imran's going and he says, um, she says to Toya, I'm not going to need, I'm hoping I won't need the graphic novel. Because <laughs> that's shaky as hell, that evidence. That's we all know it. Um, he worries that Sabine has, has prepared more. And Toya says, but she's got a guilty client and you've got an innocent one. She's so, so great wise, and supportive, so isn't she? At the station, Nina has, is signing her new statement. And Amy is at the court with Simon. He's still, I'm in it. Inside the courtroom, Sabine is trying to persuade the judge not to accept this new suspicious and convenient statement. And I'm kind of with Sabine here. I'd be a bit like, no, what are you talking about? This is a bit weird, don't you think? And the judge is like, I don't care. It sounds juicy. I'm going to allow this. Do you not, did you not watch Mondays? It was great and poignant. <laughs> and if you've got a problem with it, you're a monster, Sabine. Yeah, like that Michael and Gemma who didn't think it was the best thing since sliced bread. They're, they're, they're horrible, honestly. I don't know why anyone listens to them. Nina goes to court. Um, they're running a bit late. Sounds normal. And she says, what's in the bag? And he says, although this is one of those quilted padded bags that you might put cold food in, it's actually not. Look inside. Ooh, what could it what be? What is it? So the, um, the trial has started. So this is the beginning of the trial, isn't it? Yeah. The whole thing's starting. And... They have lots of extras on the on the stand. So is this why we've had to wait so long for this court case to happen? Because we wanted they wanted to bring in some extras. Um, first of all, is the nine 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 operator. That's right. In this country, you have to dial nine 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 to get the emergency. We all service. know. And in America, it is nine one one. I think isn't there something that they've done now where you can basically press either in it works just mash the keypad just 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 uh, i was gonna say fist your phone but don't do that um she's they are on the stand i can't remember if it's a a man or a lady a she. they play the call and it's very sad because you hear seb again saying yeah you basically hear the end of monday's episode don't you yeah then the paramedic who found them uh comes along and says i know i i saw it was awful and then a man who who does blood came along is he the the Dexter? Yeah. He's like, wow, there's blood everywhere. It was probably, <laughs> it was a good old kicking, I I would say. Corey's in the dock and so is, so is Neen, uh, Kelly mm. and No, they're not, the, they're not, the, they're, they're just, they're behind, they like a screen. Or oh, whatever it is, they're, they're in their little segregated little boxes, mm. naughty boxes. Corey's there kind of looking a bit slovenly and, and he's there like picking his fingers oh, or yeah, something. Oh yeah, he's and, nervously and, eating And, and Stefan bats his hand away. Like, yes, Corey's with Stefan and... Kelly. Kelly is with Toya. Yeah. And Toya's like, oh God, <laughs> it's awkward. 
<laughs> Poor Toy, she didn't have a lot to do this week, did she? She just had to sit there going, ooh, <laughs> Kelly, you shouldn't have done that. Oh, what shall I make for tea tonight? <laughs> um, the pathologist comes and says, Seb died of a brain hemorrhage. Whenever I hear that phrase, I always think, and this is really obscure, but of the Enfield Poltergeist case, because obscure. there is a record, there's recordings that are support, reportedly of the spirit speaking through the voice of Janet, a small girl. And one of the things they ask him, how did you die? And he goes, brain hemorrhage. <laughs> and every single time I hear the word brain hemorrhage, in my head I hear brain hemorrhage. <laughs> anyway, as a result... Of a damn good kicking. I don't think that's what he said. I think that's what you wrote. I just put that. Okay. Um, Imran said, is it possible that it was just a one person damn good kicking? And the bloke's like, yeah, sure, I don't know. This is where Imran gives the best smirk. He does the emoji. Emoji smirk. (laughs) He's like, one point to Imran. And Sabine's like, this is why we got divorced. you. (laughs) It was, totally. (laughs) I've done the washing up tonight. What have you done? everything else (laughs) (laughs) Roy tries to convince Nina to go and put her goth gear on because that ladies and gentlemen was what was in the bag it wasn't Gwyneth Paltrow's head what it wasn't a sandwich it was a dress the prosecutor speaks to an officer who was at the scene when they got arrested and talks about what happened and what they said when they were arrested and then they play Abby's answer phone message and on it is Kelly laughing? Yeah, this is this, is this is what Seb left on Abby's phone. So this is when We'd they were walking away. This. Yeah, um, and Seb's like, "I'm going to quickly phone my mum." Yeah, um, and then he says, "So hi, mum." Blah 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 blah. And then he gets then... kicked over, and then there's the laugh, and that was what made everybody originally think that Kelly was well up for it. Yeah, um, and it seems pretty damning, but then Imran pulls out the uh, the old just because someone was laughing doesn't mean they kick someone. Very Defense. true. Very true. And Imran says, is there any evidence that the person that was laughing was the person who kicked Seb? And Detective was like, well, no, but we know that she was near enough to be able to do it by the fact that her voice was on the phone. So, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think you'd make an excellent uh, barrister. So, mm. no, 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 no. <laughs> so what'd you say about that, bitch? <laughs> Um, no, I've seen what they do to people in court. I've seen this you would in my cry. life. And they, they rip people to shreds. And it's horrible. And also your massively pessimistic nature, I don't yeah. think it would help. I'd be like, well, my client didn't do it. But you know what? Because of how my life goes, I bet I'm going to lose this case. And my, my client's going to be executed, even though we don't even have that in this country. Just my luck. <laughs> <laughs> going to go home with a head in Roy's bag. <laughs> Um, Kevin and Simon have a little bit of a confrontation in the corridor because Kevin can't believe that Simon's trying to defend Kelly, the evil murderess. Nina comes into the court. And this was very poignant <gasps> I love this to watch scene. this. And this kind of made me go a little bit like, oh. Um, Roy gives her a little wave because she's wearing it all of her goggles. It's the cutest gear. little wave. He gives her a little, like, wiggly finger. He does. It was a little... It was a little... And Abby also looks down and gives her a beautiful smile, like, I'm so glad that she has finally reclaimed her her former glory. And it was very meaningful because we know that part... Well, most of the reason why she stopped wearing her outfits in the beginning was because of what um, Abby had said to her about showing off and if she hadn't been wearing it, then they her wouldn't have targeted would be, you. Yeah. yeah. And that smile... 
wasn't for Nina. That was just Abby smiling for herself. And it goes to show you the strength of Abby's character that she is happy for Nina to have rediscovered herself. Yeah. In a very dark moment. Beautiful. It was beautiful. So, she goes on the stand and she says, people don't understand why I dress the way I do, but Seb understood me. And she says, sometimes people are scared of me, but there's no need to be scared of me, etc. Then she starts to talk about the evening and she says that all four of them came at her and Seb and somebody pushed Seb from behind. Then she heard Kelly laugh. Then she was pushed. Then she got up and ran. The two boys chased her and she tripped. And then she saw Corey kicking Seb and telling Kelly, Kelly telling him to stop. I just want to point out that honestly, it could have been Kelly that pushed Seb over. Nobody knows who pushed anybody. We haven't seen it, have we? I don't know if we've seen it. I don't think we've seen it. And I don't think that I think she... it was Corey. It probably was Corey, but I just hate Kelly, okay? Corey says that Kelly did it, like a, um, a karate kicking banshee. That's right, she was. And I was like, look, Corey, I've got a lot of problems with you, but the biggest one is, I don't care about the murder anymore, you're getting your Irish mythology mixed up because banshees actually harbingers of death that scream for an imminent murder not one that's happening they certainly don't get involved and they definitely know, don't know karate so what what is the uh irish ghoul that is a uh, famous for karate kicking <laughs> i'm gonna have to look it up and come back to you because i'm not quite sure there's probably some kind of bog goblin that does that. <laughs> <Bog> goblin. <laughs> <laughs> sabine questions nina and she shows her the, she shows off the graphic novel and she keeps going graphic novel and um asks her about the fact that she had major head trauma and she couldn't remember what happened. And then she's like going, oh, wait a minute. Oh, that's weird. Oh, if you if you got a major head trauma, how can you draw this from your memory? Oh, how did that happen? Did you just imagine it? And he was like, well, yeah, I suppose I did. And Sabine's like, well, what is it then? Is it real? Is it fake? Your memory keeps changing. So why should we believe anything you say at any point? Isn't it a false memory? Just because you said it today, what does that mean? doesn't mean anything. And she says, not a false memory, it's the truth. And Sabine does a good job banging on about this graphic novel that she's drawn that could be anything, could be a dream. I've, quite enjoyed, honest, I've quite enjoyed seeing the, uh, all these different panels from her. The graphic um, novel's pretty cool, but it in no way depicts any kind of... It doesn't even... It's a metaphorical e- examination of like her experience it's not like a blimmin court drawing of like no it, and she it points was... this out nina points it out and she's like right first of all stop calling it a graphic novel because it's not it's a comic don't be so pretentious what are you trying to sell it to me or something also i didn't draw it for anybody to see i drew it for myself it was like a sort of therapy and sabine says all right okay because um, yeah, the only reason it got out was didn't Asher get hold of it and put it online or something? Put it on Instagram. Yeah, that's right. And then you haven't written this down, but there was a very powerful scene when Nina was saying, "Yeah, that's right. It's a comic. Say sorry. <laughs> Say sorry for calling it a graphic novel." Sab- Nina totally owns Sabine on the stand, which is great because we'd seen Sabine be so confident and cocky and. And, and doing a damn good job, actually, yeah. at, at being a barrister. And, and Nina well, she, just comes yeah. and totally she's turns doing, it around on her. She's only doing Takes for Corey surprise, what Imran is doing for Kelly. Yeah. Like, being vicious and going for the weak parts of their 
testimony. Mm. And um, she, so she basically, at this point, makes Sabine apologise to her. And Sabine's like, sorry. And she's like, well, you don't even sound like you're sorry. Say sorry properly. I that think that's so, what she right. said. She, and yeah, she, Sabine, does, she does. Sabine says it like she's realised that this is, like, all of a sudden she's gone... Yeah, this is my job, and this is the person that's accusing my client of murder. But actually, this is also a young woman who was viciously attacked, and her boyfriend was murdered in front of her face. Mm. I guess I should actually have a bit of humility here and say sorry. Learn my graphic novels from my comic books. <laughs> there was that one page on there where they're going into a tunnel that I thought looked a bit rude. <laughs> I was singing the Lemmy Winks theme to myself when I was saying that one. And if you know what I mean by that, you're a... you'll get it. Got very dirty uh, television Filthy, habits. Filthy, absolutely. <laughs> so, it's only South Park. It's fine. Um, right. So she says, yeah. So she she's kind of like and undermining her her um thing, and kind of maybe Winks is throwing me off. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> she's she's just, trying to make it sound stupid and ridiculous. And Nina says, um, and she's like, why? How come you started thinking about it? Why did you start remembering? Um, and Nina has to admit that it was Simon that came into the shop to persuade her to remember, and immediately Sabine's like, oh, Simon Barlow's Kelly's friend, hmm, how suspicious. And then she says, tell me more about this reconstruction exercise, what did you actually do? And Nina explains that for some, I don't know why they did this at the time, it seemed a bit weird, but Sabine completely rips it to pieces, because at the scene... Nina handed out roles, so you're your summer, your 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 Corey, your whatever, and th- she got Abby to play Corey, and Asher was playing Kelly. And Nina says it wasn't a false memory, um, blah blah blah. And this is when, and this is when she just says, "You're sneering at me," um, and you and you just like Corey did. Yeah, that that was a, that was a great line where she's like, "You are just like." Your client, yeah, and sneering like, away. You think that you're you. better. Yeah, um, she says. And Nina, when she's not accepting Sabine's apology, she says, "I'm not scared of anyone anymore. Not you, and not them." Loved it. That was really powerful. I don't know that this <laughs> happened in a court, but never the mind. Goth clothes give her power. Oh yeah, definitely. She's leveled up. One thing I'm missing in this, and I don't know why they haven't put it in. And I can only assume it's for COVID reasons. But where's the jury? I don't know what yeah. I'm supposed to be thinking about the evidence without looking, without the camera panning to the jury who are going, oh, good point. Or like, no, I don't believe that for a minute. I, I, I'm not exactly um, the leading expert in you know, British justice, but are there cases that don't have juries? I think that... The- I don't know. I don't know. I remember in Jeff's case, they had a, um, a jury yeah, on the camera, didn't they, on the room. screen? But I don't know for this. Of what benefit would it be if it was possible? It's all to down have... to that woman who married Roy and Haley in the cafe 20 years ago to make the decision. The judge. Oh, yeah. Jessica Lundy. Mm. I've forgotten. Every time I see that bloody judge this week, I'm going, there's her in it. She's the one that married Roy 20 years ago and Haley. Anyway, back to what happened. Go on, Gemma. I want to know if you can have a trial without a jury now. Okay, well, I'll take over with what happened then. No, you then. can ha- um, look it up. All right. Uh... You're the one that asked the question. I just think it's weird because it normally helps you to gauge what you're supposed to be getting out of 
the scenes, but I think it's obvious what we're supposed what we're supposed to do. Yeah. Mate, is it something to do with the fact the non jury trial maybe to do with the fact that it's two youngsters? It says there's a you can have a non jury trial in cases where there is a danger of jury tampering or where jury tampering has taken place. I don't, but I don't think, think, it's, think that. it's that. No, um, unless unless uh, Corey's dad's going to give everybody on the jury a job. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> company. Anyway. Oh, look, the vast majority of civil trials proceed without a jury and are heard by a judge sitting alone, commonly known as a district judge. But it's not a civil trial, though. It's a criminal trial. Uh, I don't know, though. Civil trials? Never, it doesn't like... matter. do not matter. Okay. All right. No, I'm just interested. I just think it was an interesting choice to not have a jury, but it would have probably added a lot of time on, and yeah. we know it, we already know it was a very harrowing experience. So harrowing. To um, Imran stands up to cross-examine Nina. And she confirms that she saw Corey kicking Seb and Kelly shouting for him to stop. And no, this was, you didn't this haven't written this question properly. Imran. He literally stood up and went, I've only got three <laughs> questions. I've only got questions. I've only got three questions to ask you. Number one, did you see Corey kicking Seb? Yes. Did you see Kelly shouting for him to stop? Yes. Did you see Kelly attacking Seb in any way? No, I didn't. And he's like, no more questions. And everyone went, <laughs> yay. Imran's like, that's the easiest, uh, easiest job I've done in my life. That was really, I thought that now, was really fantastic. This is, I was thinking this today as well. Um, Imran's like one of the only characters on Coronation Street who we actually get to see really doing his job. Yeah. Like we see, we see like, okay, Jenny pulling pints and we see... Um, dev selling vegetables or whatever, but that's not their jobs are really more complicated than that. Well, yeah, uh, Imran's like got a bit more of a skilled job than yeah. most of the other people on Coronation Street. I'm not saying that I could, you know, sew a bunch of knickers for no, myself in ten seconds flat, but I think Imran's job is probably one of the most complicated ones here. Yeah, and we and this is like really like he he was like performing as well. It was and it's quite theatrical. The only other sort of thing that really comes close is. Um, Carla and Sarah bumbling around in the factory and in comparison to Imran standing yeah. up and going I only have three questions like watching watching Carla and Sarah trying to justify why they got Izzy to make fake knickers to make herself feel better because <laughs> they felt sorry for her because of Covid it was it was it was watching a master at work and I'm and and unless you are somebody who knows anything about the legal system and was sitting there saying no it wouldn't happen like that but for me I was I was dead impressed well I thought it was swooning for Imran I thought they did a really good job of being able to make it look like Imran knew what he was talking about yeah and tell you what I'm so glad it was Imran and not Adam Adam always comes across as being like the dodgy lawyer or the one you can't really trust or the one that will resort to underhanded measures. Well, he couldn't do it because of conflict of interest, obviously. But yeah, I, I, when when it when Imran takes a case, you think that that is the side that that's the they're going to win. That's the side for justice. And it's interesting to imagine because because at the moment Imran is the you know the underdog justice man. <laughs> you can put that on a t-shirt. Um, so it makes me wonder, like, if there's a sort of a long-term plan for this character. If we establish him very firmly as a character who is on the side of right and will only sort of take on cases where people are being accused of crimes they didn't commit. And he'll only take £7,000 through the letterbox if he really, really needs it. Yeah, and it's anonymous. Um, Will there ever be a point at which he's defending somebody that he knows did it or he finds out they did it, but he has to defend them? 
I just think that's a really interesting. Mm. And and the more we establish Imran as a character that only ever defends innocent people, the more that will be a shocking twist if it eventually ever happens. Yeah. Yeah. Because it would be really cool. Also, if we got to a bit where he was defending somebody and we believed that they were innocent and then finally that when they get away with it it's revealed that they were evil all along oh i had a case just like that on my game that i'm playing at the moment <laughs> don't spoil it i won't spoil it just in case there's anyone else playing it i'm sure there's not right so abby's not impressed with this because she thinks imran didn't do a very good job um of, of asking she'll have asked lots of questions Toya joins Imran's on, Imran on the steps outside and he's upset because he thinks it didn't go very well. And Toya says, no, you were a total badass. You should see Twitter. Everyone loves you. <laughs> These were the shots that were um, leaked to the uh, press, weren't they? And All I the have... pap shots of Imran, uh, of Charlie and, and Georgia on the steps there and today's ones with... Um, with Abby and Kevin and, and Stefan and uh, Corey, was it, I think, out on the steps as well. They all were in the press back in July. And can we just point out that this was during the heat wave when it was ridiculously hot and poor Charlie DeMello's there wearing this ridiculously thick black outfit of like a big cloak. I don't know how they didn't pass out. A lot of them. I'd be dead. It, it did look quite uncomfortable. Although they the, didn't, the way... though. It didn't look uncomfortable. Like it would acting. have been. They didn't look hot at all. And mm-hmm. that, to me, is the most impressive performance that anyone pulled off that week. <laughs> Although, the weather was very changeable it, it in Weatherfield look... this week, wasn't it? it One was, minute yeah. it was blazing hot, and it next they were walking hot. through puddles. The sun, the sun wasn't out, was it? In the scenes that we saw outside, it looked quite overcast. But actually, it was scorching. Yeah. Anyway... Um, inside, Nina uh, thinks she's messed up by telling Sabine to lick her boots, basically. And was like, no, I'm proud of you, because you stood up to her. Then we get to see Mr Brent. I couldn't remember Stefan's name while I was making the notes on Wednesday. He's getting worried. Why is Nina starting to say that she remembers Corey um, kicking um, Seb if he didn't do it? And Corey's, they're all in court talking about this, just openly. And Corey's like, oh, whatever, she's this freak, who listened to her? Well, they're, they're kind of trying to whisper, aren't they, um, Stefan and Sabine? And well, Corey yeah. is just full of macho and He's like, whatever, she's like, just she a weirdo. A, yeah. And, and um, Sabine's like, shut up, we're in court. And then Abby's looking over the gallery, and she's looking down on them, hearing everything that he's saying, and going, yeah, I knew he was a bit of a scumbag. This yeah, just, just no, nothing particularly came out of that. I mean, I know Abby on Friday's episode was doing her own little mini investigation, but I don't think it was specifically based is, on overhearing Corey on she Wednesday. She didn't get any information about that. We knew that Corey thought that Nina was mm. a freak. That's been well established. Yeah. Um, Ashley, she, she could, although, again, Sabine looked in that scene like she was whoops. maybe believing that or, or disbelieving Corey now, and maybe Abby could have cornered Sabine at some point and said, you don't believe it, do you? But You've got to be go really careful about what you say and what you don't say and who can hear you. And I don't know wh- where the jury is at this point or if there even is one, but I do remember a court case and I can't remember any other details about it. So take this with whatever pinch of pick podcasting salt you want. But there was definitely a court case where um, there was a family and the the child had been murdered and the the mother of the child had been holding her composure during the court proceedings. But then one of the lawyers went into the loos, which was publicly accessible. And I think the jury used it as well. Mm. And the, the mum was in there crying. 
and she said that she had to go and report it to the court to say that this had happened because she was concerned that that was going to affect the way that they decided. Mm. Like, they're super strict about what you're allowed to hear and what you're not allowed to hear as a jury. Yeah. I just thought that was an interesting... Interesting. ...story that means nothing to anybody. Asha takes the stand. She talks about Corey being weird that night and asking her weird questions and putting the wash on which is very unusual for him and listen lads i want to tell you something i know i know that housework's boring and women's work but it's really good for building alibis <laughs> if you did if cory did the wash if cory did the laundry more often this would not have stood out to anybody yeah. think about it also get your stain removers sorted before the crime work out what good what's a good yeah, one to get rid a of bit blood of stain devil on there remember what i've told you before Cool temperatures for human-based proteins. <laughs> anyway, she's saying he, he asked her to give him a false alibi. And then she came clean once she had found out that Seb was dead the next day. And she's caused herself an idiot for going along with it. But she said she was scared of him. Then we get Sabine questioning Asha. And she's like, oh, isn't it true that you got Corey drunk so that you could look at his phone without help to his consent? I'd forgotten that that happened. And then she has to talk about, and then she says, she asks about the whole video that she made for Corey. Didn't you make a video for him on your phone being naked and he recorded it without your consent? And she says, oh, I thought I was in love with him. I feel stupid. And Sabine says, hmm, it wasn't him that shared it on the internet though, was it? It was Kelly. Was it revenge for them falling out? And Asha says that Kelly apologised and they made up together. And Sabine says, well, isn't it true that you're still in love? Not with Corey, but with Nina. And Asha says, no, we're just friends, honestly. And Sabine says, aren't you the sort of person you just said? Didn't you say something about being the sort of person that would do stupid things for love? Are you in love with Nina? And Asha says, yes, just as Nina walks in. Of course. (laughs) <laughs> she walks into the public gallery above and so Asha's peering up at her as as she just spurts out this declaration. Yeah, so th- this was all just to show that um yeah, she would do she would do anything for love including lying about. Yeah. I thought this Corey. was re- honestly, this was so well done because all of these little bits that have been happening and all these little teenage mishaps and yeah. and arguments and grudges that have happened over the past like year, two years, two, two years all building least. up to this court case. Makes you where... wonder how whether it was all planned because I know that Nina was brought in specifically for, so that this story could happen. So that was quite a while ago. That was a but long time. Did, yeah. did they always want to tie in everything? that's been going on with the teens. I love it. I think this is really this. good. Well, yeah, clever. Imran questions Asha, and he starts to ask her about when she first developed feelings for Nina. It's kind of a good job for him, really, that Sabine put laid this out, because he would have had to have got her to admit that she fancied Nina yeah. before he even got to this line of questioning. Um, and she says it was when she first stuck up about the video for me. And Nina's up there going, oh, this is so awkward. Um, she says um, she doesn't know if Corey was jealous of Nina because they didn't really know each other, but they didn't really seem to get on. And then um, Asha begins to describe how Corey was a bit manipulative and cruel. He didn't hurt her physically, but emotionally. And Imran says, why, do you, why did you stay with him? And she says, I didn't think much of myself at the time. And 
he asks, did Corey do this to make Nina jealous? And Ash is like, no, what do you mean? And he says, is it possible that Corey was angry at Nina because of you and Seb just got in the way? Oh, this was, this was like... It, it it made Imran look bad. But Imran it was, was really it, um, very... It was, I think it was one of these things that you kind of have to do. Stern, wasn't it's, he? Yes, it was basically... He was establishing what the motivation was here for why did why is Corey attacking these two people that really he doesn't know very well? Is, mm. it, re- is it really just because of what how they were dressed? I, mean, I don't know whether this is a, an avenue that, that Coronation Street really wanted to go down too far because that was actually the motive for what happened to Sophie Lancaster. But in this case, I guess he's trying to build a more compelling argument to make sure that there's no way that whoever's deciding whether this was... Uh, well, who's, who's innocent and who isn't, um, it gives them another reason to say yeah well okay that that they also thought he also didn't like him because of that yeah or whatever um god i sound like such an idiot um <laughs> oh yeah. end of court so, yeah but this was this was bad because imran's really haranguing asha and she's just as young you know as she's as, younger than nina isn't she? Yeah, yeah as kelly and um she's really uncomfortable and she's up there and she's having to talk about you know, being abused by her boyfriend and... These these feelings of her. And, for, like, for falling in love with a girl who then... And then basically blaming Asha, blaming this crush that Asha has on Nina for causing Seb's death, basically. Yeah. Because it follows logically that if Seb was jealous of Asha and he... No. If Corey was jealous of Asha's love for Nina, that he would take it out on her and then... When he saw Seb and Nina together, he took it out on Seb because he couldn't get to Nina because she ran away. Mm. And honestly, this is basically the story, isn't it? This is what actually really did happen. Corey's had a problem with Nina for a long time and it is partly jealousy because of how much Asha liked liked her. And you can see Corey going, I don't get it, I don't get it. She's a freaking a weirdo and here's me, Corey Brent, six foot one, on the Weatherfield uh, junior team or whatever. Mm rich dad how could you fancy that compared to me yeah and i think that is right because because that when when we saw eli and jay uh kicking and stamping on nina they were like saying look at it yeah they did make a big they did dehumanizing her yeah i think they would have used different words myself but Wow. They they got it across. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. The the words that you couldn't use on Coronation Street yes. at that time of the day. Um court's over for the day. Imran is with Kelly, feels really bad about what he did. And I thought this was a little bit of a subtle um I don't know, this felt like like it was an interesting scene because Kelly at the end of this is going, Haha, you had to go at you had to go at Asha can't believe it you're such an attack dog like she was kind of thrilled by how Imran attacked Asha on her behalf which really makes me think that she is still a horrible person <laughs> and this has in no way mellowed her or changed her her ways do you see what I mean yeah I do like she had I think it's just a, supposed to be that she was pleased that things were going well I know but she could have reacted in lots of different ways but they made a deliberate choice for that character to have her basically praise Imran for being vicious mm. rather than saying oh uh, you got to the heart of what happened or 
I think that you were really great today. It wasn't that. It was basically she seemed happy that he hurt Asher. Yeah, no, and you're right. Yeah. I think I think that's I don't I'm not saying that's completely the the way that to read it or if that was how it was written, but I think it's a perfectly valid yeah, reading yeah, of that, of that scene. I don't think I thought of that, but just goes to show me that she's still not a good person. Anyway, she says, "Oh, my mum got in touch again. She wants to help." Um and she she wants to testify about the fact that when I was a kid, they told they brought me up to stay quiet when the police ask questions and so on. So I think it would be a really good idea if she was my character witness. And then I was like, I don't know. <laughs> you remember that she was just been arrested and charged with neglect, don't you? And she's like, no, she wants to help. She wants to help. I don't know where this is going. This is no, going to be K- really... Kelly's turn is on, uh, in, in, on the stand on Monday, isn't it? Yeah, so but uh, we what... may have a triumphant entrance of Laura. Yeah. What's Laura going to do? Laura's going to be like the queen of the court when her daughter's on the stand. I wonder whether she's going to come and try and help but end up just making things look worse for her. Of course she her. will. Summer finds Nina in Seb's garden later and he... Um... So she's Summer... up. Nina's upset Nina, yeah. about how Imran had treated Asha and then she gets this text from Asha who had been in court to hear the 999 call from Seb and she's reading out the text f- from his the transcript of what he said and crying because he said he loved her and oh that was so sad then probably one of my favourite scenes of the whole year so far <laughs> happened <laughs> this was like the showdown <laughs> Dev versus Imran slanging match in the street um so D- toya and imran are minding their own business walking home to go go home have a nice vegetable lasagna dev sees them and he starts shouting going how do you sleep at night and imran's like jokes on you i don't <laughs> and he said this is the only way i could think of to try to prove kelly's innocence and toya's Trying to stop him, like, there's no point. There's no He's point getting just more and more here. riled up. You're not going to convince him anything. Um, he says, I had to go hard on her. I hated every second. And Dev says, You're a bully. And then Imran, <laughs> like, snaps his head around and he's like, Oh, mate, you have no idea. I'm just getting started. And then he says, Do you want to see how well I can really do? Just come along to court tomorrow because what I did to Asher today is nothing compared to what I'm going to do to Corey. <laughs> and then he goes I did, I did enjoy that moment a lot and, 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 and then Toya says oh, quick let's get inside <laughs> made me come all over all a quiver <laughs> and, and this was what made me very very excited for Friday and although I did enjoy Imran's performance on Friday in court um it, it felt like there wasn't enough than he was on Corey I don't know I don't know I, I was I think I don't think he was but I think I've been led to expect a longer, more prolonged, can't, how you, you're never going to be able to come back from this kind well, of in rant against uh, Corey, and it didn't quite happen that way. Spoiler alert, he did make Corey cry. He did, he did. And then he kind of looked shocked, and I kind of expected him to kind of whisper to himself, what is this power I have suddenly <laughs> acquired? Like, he's, he's suddenly got this ability to, like, really upset teenagers in the dock. <laughs> well, 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 how can he employ that? Is it maybe different? I don't know, but I really I find it really interesting that that Imran managed to work out the really petty teenage um, drama that was actually behind the death of Seb, which is that that um, Corey was jealous of Asha fancying Nina. Yeah. Like, so how does Imran have such? 
He's been working great... very, very hard. No, how does he have such a great connection to the inner workings of teenage lovesick puppies? Is, it, is he still one himself? <laughs> and maybe, maybe we're going to learn more about Imran's teenage past himself and all the... Maybe he's going to be linked to, to his and Sabine's yeah. origin story. <laughs> so, Friday then. So we did get less of this on Friday, but there was still plenty. Um, weird scene with Kevin telling Nina that Sabine means cool morning breeze and comparing it to how she kind of breezes into court and she's very cool-headed. I don't think they particularly needed well, that. Well, the way he said, he said... Um, Abby was up all night looking up what the meaning of Sabine was. Why? And did you know that one of the meanings is cool morning breeze? That sounds about right, doesn't it? It's like, sorry, Kevin, did you mishear cool morning breeze as a massive raging bitch? Because they're not, they're not <laughs> the same. It sounds like, you know, a nice air freshener that you'd get, isn't it? Or, yeah. Or, or maybe toilet disinfectant. <laughs> so maybe... Can you imagine if you're walking down the aisle in Tesco and it's like, cool morning breeze... Massive raging bitch, <laughs> rose potpourri. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, Abby Abby meets Stefan going up the steps of the court, and she has a bit of a, a go at him, and then she's dragged away by Kevin. Um, and then there's this scary looking man who turns up in court, and I saw I recognised the actor from somewhere, but I can't remember where, and I haven't looked it up since actually. Good but idea. Um, there's a bit of a mystery of who he is, and we don't find out until later on. So everyone starts arriving. Imran's there having a chat with Toya, saying, "Sorry, I." left home so early um but there's been another development what was that other development i can't remember i'm gonna find out you're gonna find out <laughs> um cory is um in taking the stand it's his turn in the spotlight today and he starts recounting his version of events which basically involves making sure everybody knows that kelly was the one that hit nina she always hated her it was all down to her Kelly kicked Seb. I was trying to pull her off, but I just couldn't do it. She was drunk. She was looking for a fight. Imran is fuming as he's hearing these lies spewing out of Corey's mouth. And, um, yeah, he's just massive, massive bigging up. There's not one me, Gov. It was all Kelly. I was scared of getting into trouble. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't have washed my clothes afterwards, but I thought Kelly, I thought Seb would be okay. Oh, I'll never forgive myself. And then he starts going back to Kelly again. Anytime, every time the... The questions are about him. He just tries to turn it back onto saying what a what a horrible piece of work Kelly is, and her dad's a gangster and everything. And she uses this to get everything that she wants. And everybody's scared of Kelly because you know Rick Nealon's daughter. You don't want to get on the wrong side of her. Um, and also, she said that she'd get somebody to kill him. Yes, that's right. That's right. Her dad would get somebody to kill him. Yeah, get get Sharon to come along and blow him away. I can't believe nobody's mentioned the fact that this notorious gangster has been missing for like three years now. Three or four years? No, it's two and a half years. It feels like a long time. It feels like a very long time, but yeah, it didn't didn't come up. So, um, I'm lost where I am now. So, he... uh, So, anyway... Toya and Abby, that's fine. Oh, this was a nice We have a a nice but... um, Brief? Shorter... Yes, brief. Brief. Especially considering that literally Toya has not had a whole lot to do this week, it's felt like apart from sit around and say a few words of encouragement to Imran, uh, this could have been a nice scene between Toya and Abby, and it was, but just quite short, telling her, you know what, Abby, I think you're ace. The the way you hold everything, hold it all together, you're going through this, going through the ringer, and your composure is admirable. And uh, anyway, I'm off now to go and have another sit for a while. It wasn't quite as patronising as the way you just... Plan next week's meal list and maybe how I'm going to flog another pair of knickers or something. So Abby goes to the loos and she has a good old cry. 
yeah. just to show that she's out. She can't really hold it together. And there is she's just something about the friend. way that Sally Carmen can cry. It just feels like she stirs up these guttural really raw. Yeah. It's like I can't do it. I. It just it feels like that's a that's what a wailing banshee sounds like to me. It's honestly, a, yeah. I'd be worried that someone who I was somebody she was going to come karate kicking at me. Honestly, <laughs> if I heard that coming out of the loo. A banshee is like mourning the death of somebody who hasn't died yet. Basically, she is so good. She would be perfect as a banshee if she wants another career. You know, I'd hire as one of these professional forever. mourners that they used to have yes! in the olden days. She'd be ace. Oh my god! I tell you what, if I if I, I'm touching wood. Um, ever, if I die before Sally Carmen, yeah, is she you want free? Her at your funeral? Can she please come and cry? And <laughs> what I wanted to do is to come. It's just because you know that I'm probably not going to do a very good job. No, you won't. You'd be like, "Thanks for coming." Please. <laughs> be, oh, well, like, how am I going to cook my dinner Who's gonna now? Who's going to do the cooking? <laughs> I wanted to come and I wanted to wear a black, big black hat, black sunglasses, a black dress, and I don't want to talk to anybody. And I want to just stand about. A nice COVID distance, two metres away from everybody else, and be mysterious. And then when the coffin is lowered into the ground, then she can start... <laughs> Just make the rest of and us then, look bad. And then walk away, and everyone will be like, who is that woman? <laughs> What's the double life that she's been leading? And they'll never explain it. You know what, if she ever, if she ever decides to, to move on from Coronation Street, I think you discovered a new career path there. Yeah, Todd and George on this. That could be an extra yes. package. Oh my itself. gosh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, once they find out about her, her her skills. Yeah, I think this is more Sally Carmen than Abby. I think Abby's crying comes she from a real... Abby can't just turn it on. <laughs> no. And she just you know, carries a picture of seven in her pocket or something. <laughs> um, okay, so... She's great. She, she is awesome. All that awesome, to say, awesome, awesome. she is very great. Toya is right. Um, Imran's up. He, he kind of scoffs at the idea. This is him... Um, tearing a piece off of Corey says oh, you, you really expect us to believe that somebody as massive as you couldn't stop this wee uh, little girl little, yeah just he stands up girl. and says how tall are you Corey and Corey's like I'm seven foot eight <laughs> and he's like how tall <laughs> is girl, Kelly she's four that. foot one <laughs> how do you expect us to believe that you couldn't fight her off to save young Seb yeah, basically. When you're such a butch, massive, buff footballer with such a great fitness, and what does she do all day? She just spends all of her time uploading child pornography to the internet. <laughs> um, so he he also brings up this forty minute gap in Corey's story where he's where he's sneaking about being all suspicious afterwards. I don't know if you get into that too much. Um, and he also picks up on Corey's phrasing of getting into the incident. He's like, oh, getting into you say, like getting into a fight, getting into trouble. Interesting. Your words, not mine. He uses that expression getting a few times as well, like, doesn't he? Getting into a shower, perhaps to wash off all the blood, <laughs> or getting into your, your pajamas so you can go to sleep after having murdered somebody, <laughs> or getting into a soap about someone who gets murdered. Your hmm? words, not mine. Not mine. <laughs> um, and then, and then he outright accuses him of doing the kicking. He says, you were, the, you were the one that did it. You were the ringleader. People aren't scared of Kelly. They're scared of you, aren't they? What he should have done... Corey, what? ...is gone up and said, I've got three questions for you. Number one, do you know how to kick? Yes. Number two, are you good at it? Yes. <laughs> Number three, do you want to kick professionally as your job? 
<laughs> yes. No more questions, Your Honor. That's funny. Um, so, um, it's, I've lost where we are sorry. again. <laughs> Interactive. Oh, Corey is looking close to breaking point yeah. at this point. I, mean, I was Acting. like saying... I was wondering whether he was just going to blurt it out. And I was thinking, I hope he doesn't just blurt it out. I want Imran to to find the key bit of evidence or something. It's not going to be Imran, it's going to be Abby. I think it will, well, it kind of was at the end, wasn't it? But in the Jeff case at the end where Imran brings out the ace of his sleeve, the security camera footage of him parking his car miles away and then coming to the hospital, wanted something like that. Um, um, So, but he, but he... He, he so it's, but he doesn't. Corey just starts crying. He well, says he it says, was just banter. Yeah. He it, says you're the one. You're the ringleader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said that. And and Imran says, I, "This is what I think happened this night. I think that it was you all along. You were the ringleader. You kicked this young man in a fit of jealousy." Um, and then Corey just starts bursting into tears. I was like, and it was. He says it wasn't me. And this is where I thought he was maybe going to say, oh, "Okay, I admit it. I didn't. But I'm really, really glad." that didn't happen no. because that would have been too easy. And Imran's like, ooh, I got it's like it. a bit harsh again. <laughs> I feel guilty, but it's for justice. I, I, I think Imran's maybe overestimating his powers here because Corey was on the verge of tears probably as he stepped into the dock. He, he's been looking worried all week. When he's been hearing all of this, he's been looking mega, mega uncomfortable. Well, unfortunately for Imran, it works in his favour just as much to have Corey it works in Corey's favour to sort of cry and act like he's being Yeah, because the judge is like, oh, we probably better stop. And Imran's like, oh, I was just getting started. And this one I was thinking, oh, but he was just getting started. And we we didn't get to see any more of that. Uh, Imran's like... It was great while it lasted. Imran's like, God damn, I wish Dev was here right now. (laughs) (laughs) So they have a little breaky-poo. Imran tells Toya that he's worried he went a bit too far. Um, But then anyway, they, they don't have time to chat long because now it is Eli's turn. Um, and he comes across as looking a bit dense, doesn't he? And I didn't really think I really got this impression from Eli or Jay beforehand, but they definitely do look like the Crab and Goyles here. Um, and he's just parroting Corey's story mm-hmm. and, Ke- and and saying, yeah, it was Kelly, she did it. Corey didn't didn't do anything here, it was all Kelly. And this is when Kelly does the old soapy drama thing of standing up and saying, no, he's a liar, don't listen to anything he's saying. And the judge says, you tell your client to t- calm down. And Imran turns, he like whips round. He's like, shut, shut up. up. Yeah, that, 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 was a, that was a turnaround whip that even Sean would be, uh, he'd be proud of that one, wouldn't he? Um, so, but she, she doesn't, she doesn't stop. Just but she returns to Stefan, doesn't she? And it's like you you're throwing money at this case, your son's guilty, blah blah blah. And Toya has to take her down the little windy steps and like, come on, love, come on. Um but, but sadly we didn't get to see a little nice Toya and Nick Kelly scene. I, again, I, I was just I was left wanting more little Toya one to ones with anybody more, this week. We didn't get them. I wanted more colour, you know, of vignettes of people. Yeah, not Simon and um, Kevin no. having a Barney in the there room There was a outside. lot of that, you know, I will say Just there was a lot of that. not with some of the people that I would have wanted. Um, Trials back on again. Stefan, by this point, is looking very, very smug because Kelly's just made herself look like a... Volatile. Yeah, exactly, that's the word. She um, looks angry and Corey looks like the snivelling little crybaby who wouldn't yeah. hurt a fly even though he, he's eight foot nine. Yeah, this non-existent jury is starting to... Uh, like, oh, I'm getting my suspicions here about mm. this... Kelly, she's great. Yeah. Like and um, cow. yeah, I, I, I've, I've, um, I've coined what... a new phrase for what happens next. It's e- Eli on the stand, and um, he has it. 
Imran explains to him what <laughs> mitigation means, and he's basically saying, "So you're saying it was everything was Kelly, aren't you?" And you've pled guilty to kicking seven to kicking seven bells out of Nina, haven't you? Kicking the living dialects out of her, and you maybe you're just cooperating here to make yourself look good, so you get a lesser sentence there. Mm-hmm. Do you know what mitigation means, you little idiot? Yes. Make something look better. I don't know that you're allowed to do this. Sound the trumpets, roll the red carpet out, Gemma. It's time for Tommy O. What a fall from grace. Thomas Orpington's turn to to uh, celebrity endorse. his character. He doesn't do such a good job, does he? He's up there saying what a great role model he is, and he he broke up a fight just the other day at the club. And what's that? Yeah, and and Imran's just starts probing how well Toby knows Corey. And I think I was saying this on the podcast the other week, like how much of a character, he barely knows him. And this is so, what Imran um, lo- uh, gets hold of. And it's like, how many times have you met this boy? More than 10? No. Um, what, but you, you've heard people talking about him, haven't you? And he basically, Tommy ends up confirming that well, he he's saying that he knows more than he should know. Like, oh yeah, he's got excellent attendance, and everyone's no. like, why do you know what his attendance? No, is? he doesn't. That's not what happens. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. He's there going, oh, is he is he good at coloring in? Yes. Is he good at uh, playing Mario Kart? Yes, he is. Is does he help ladies cross the road? Yes, all the time. Is he punctual? Yes. Does he great have great attendance? Yes. And he's like, no, he doesn't, does he? He doesn't actually have good attendance. And you don't even know whether he has good attendance or not. All you've done is stand there and go, yes, 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 try and make him look good. But actually, you don't know him. You've hardly met him. And you're just saying all this stuff. Yeah, he says... That's what I got out I of I don't him. think you're very much of an authority on um, Corey at all, are you, Mr. Orpington? No, because he and literally like, says... No. He, yeah. He <laughs> I love it. I was like, just like, no, you're right. I don't know him from Adam, actually. Yeah, because one of the points he made was saying, yeah, he went, he's got great attendance, when literally... He didn't go somewhere because he was busy kicking Seb to death, I think, or something like that. Yeah, that's what I thought it was, but there's only one, one day he's had off. And don't go kicking out every night. Yeah, but this is the point, though. He was just basically saying, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was, it was that. You're right. So, um, all over. Um, so, so, hang on. What? The the thing here is, like, if you're one, thinking to yourself, I don't get, like I was just thinking in my little brain, why well, I don't get why Tommy Orpington, who is a professional footballer who's must have it made... And has finished his career now. Why is he putting his his reputation on the line for Corey that he doesn't know at all? Is it because he's really good at football and he loves Weather County and he wants to see the team succeed? No, it's not that. That doesn't make any sense. It's because Stefan's paid him off. Yeah, yeah, he's been given the backhanders. Yeah. Well, I just kind of worked that out for myself. Yeah, but Abby... Which it Abby... doesn't make a lot of sense because you'd think that Tommy Orpington already had a substantial amount of money, but we don't know how much money... Stefan's it's only Webby County, here. isn't it? Well, uh, you they're, know, they're think not paying about Ronaldo this. money. <laughs> you just learned. I made a football <laughs> reference, everybody. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Thank um, you. <laughs> Number seven. Um, <laughs> don't ask me any more <laughs> questions. What are you saying? Know. Oh, don't forget that James just got offered like thirty grand for an interview in a football magazine. Yes. About coming out now. Admittedly, T- Tommy Orpington has not come out. So I don't know if he's getting 30 grand. <laughs> but if he wanted to, he could. I bet he, yeah, because he's Tommy so, so Stefan's got to be offering him, you know, 50k maybe. Yeah, yeah. Would you go to court for 50k and say, this bloke's great, he's punctual? <laughs> I think <laughs> I like would. Seems like quite an easy job. 
<laughs> He's very punctual, and that's the best I can say. Abby has a bit of a go at him after the court, doesn't she? So how much you spent to, to Stefan's? How much you spent to get uh, Corey off? And Stefan's like, well, yeah, I have actually. I'm rich, so obviously I use my money to try and get my son off. Um, and and it's all above board, though. I'm sorry what happened to your son and everything, but I don't want to lose mine as well. And, and I that mean, was like, oh yeah, fair, fair, fair play enough. actually. But this is when Abby starts. She gets her Sherlock Holmes works. detective cap on. She takes off her superhero coat. Yeah, uh, coat cloak. <laughs> <laughs> she could have a coat as well. <laughs> Does the superheroes have coats? Rorschach did, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, um, Mac. Yeah, he did. And well, she yeah, she puts on a Rorschach mask and is like, oh, I'm going to find out about this. I'm going to go on the internet and find out about this suspicious bloke on uh, at court. And she uses her amazing powers of friend face to find out that this is e- this is Eli's dad, and it seems quite suspiciously that he and Stefan have only just been friends recently. And also, which is the cliffhanger at the very end of the episode, he's also got a job at Brent Enterprises, which is probably what it's called. Um, and Thank he used guys. to be a, what was it? He used to be a delivery driver, and now he's this middle manager with a company car and everything. I think that maybe um, Stefan's been paying him off so that he can get his son to sing Corey's praises. Hmm. Mm. Can I just remind everybody that Corey's dad has made his fortune in the publishing industry? Do you remember in so much? 30 grand for James, I've forgotten. Published industry, I've forgotten. I remember things that relate to me and money. What does 30 grand have anything to do money. with you? You like your money? Yeah, like, I remember figures. Um, and I just wanted to say, having worked in the publishing industry for most of my adult life, this totally makes sense now for some of the people that I've worked with. They just got in because they're scamming somebody. Have you met your or, fair share of Stefans in the met, last 15 years? Not Stefans. Whoever, whoever Eli's dad is. Oh. This incompetent bloke who's been promoted far beyond his ability or intelligence. Mm. Probably my manager telling me what to do and has no idea. Yeah. Not that I've got a manager. So anymore. that was the end of the episode. We did have another... He got no, fired we had, being incompetent. We had a scene between Imran and Toya towards the end where... Um, He's just come off to the phone to Kelly, who's kicking herself for making herself look volatile. Don't say that. Don't say she's just kicking again. Kick, <laughs> oh, kick, I just, kick. That's all you know Kelly what? does. When kicking upset, Kelly, that's what we call her. When I'm sad, I kick. When I'm happy, I kick. When I'm confused, I kick. I find it easier to kick than to feel. <laughs> um, and Toya says, don't get too down about it, Imran, because I believe you. <laughs> and if you've got Toya behind you, you've just got nothing to worry about. But you've got a you? Battersby here. Exactly. She's, She's going to fight for you. Yeah. It's going to kick anyone you like. So that is that. That is what happened this week in that story. What an epic tale that was. Um, let's talk about what we thought about bits of it, which you kind of have done as we well, went. Well, I just want to point out, you Go know, point perhaps out um, people think I was a bit too down on the on Monday's episode. But one thing I did think um, was it did need to be done again because originally when they filmed the initial scenes, they had a lot of COVID restrictions and they did a really massively great job of making it poignant and emotional and scary and suspenseful the first time they filmed it. But the second time around, they could film it in a more unrestricted way. Obviously, there's still some restrictions, but the actors could get closer to each other and we could see a lot more of the interactions between Corey and... Um, Kelly and between Seb and Nina that we couldn't see just because physically the actors couldn't get that close. So from the point of view of like having a redo to get it, you know, a bit 
mm. a bit closer. I thought it was a really clever way of revisiting something with a different... they couldn't get quite right the yeah. first time. Not that I... Honestly, I still think those... The first scenes, the initial scenes, were very powerful. And I don't think that the Monday scenes, to me, were as powerful. Um, but I really, really thought that it was very poignant and really um, needed to see Seb's final moments. And also, who was surprised to see him back? Because I was. Didn't you know that he was going to come back? No. Oh, I'd see. I'd seen some um, pappy shots of him months ago as well. So because I, I think, you know... I knew he was, but that was... I was, I was lovely, wasn't it? And it's so funny because, you know, again, if you ask somebody 12 months ago, what do you I think know. of Seb? They're like... <laughs> uh, he doesn't do anything. Mid, mid to low tier as Seb, but just those few weeks at the beginning of this year where he was absolute sweetheart with Nina. Oh. Just, and, and now he's, you know, the, the hero that's been taken away from us unjustly. But it was like, oh, it's Seb again. And that, the seeing him without his shoes. and That seeing him without his shoes, um, I picked up... Uh, did you pick up on that? No, no, I saw somebody on, on, online mentioning that. I immediately thought of the same the same thing that our Facebook um, poster mentioned, which was the famous Abbey Road photo, the the album cover of the Beatles with, is it John not wearing shoes? One of them's not wearing shoes, and it's like it's symbolic of no, it's symbolic of like he's the he's the corpse, he's the undertaker, he's the priest. Yeah, I I I didn't know about that. They're wearing very commonly known. I had not. I think it's kind of I don't know. I don't know. Apparently, it is a thing. It must be something that the Beatles took from from somewhere somewhere originally. Yeah. No, I I I, and also I just wanted to say so he's so everything's backwards and he walks on and steps onto the road in his bare feet but also the fresh goes um, advert is upside down. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? I was wondering when I was watching that whether when he stepped off of the curb onto the road whether that was also backwards, so he had to kind of walk backwards and then it was played forwards or whatever, because he looked, he just looked weird. Everything was very otherworldly, wasn't it? And I, I was thinking it was a bit um, Twin Peaks. Um, yeah. And he was going to start doing his backwards talk or the uh, or the Simpsons parody of it. Chief Wiggum, don't eat the clues. But we didn't get any of that. I think that would have taken away from it a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I, I didn't really like the backwards stuff. But the rest of the flashbacks were, I enjoyed. But like you said, I do wish there'd been more. I, I just felt, I, I left Monday's episode thinking, oh, I don't know much more. Okay, we didn't know that Seven Kelly, uh, Seven Kelly, all oh, that would have been a twist. Seven Nina had a kiss <laughs> behind the, you know, behind the breeze blocks. That yeah, was nice. That was the other thing I was going to say. We didn't get to see Seb and and Nina kiss. No, before. before. we saw that scene. And did that add an impact for you? It was nice. I mean, it's not like I was didn't believe that they were a brilliant couple before because they did a wonderful job of building them up over the course of literally two or three weeks back in the spring. But it was it just felt very nice and natural it was lovely having the ring back again everything about the between them was lovely and and it's sad to think now that we have definitely Almost certainly seen the last of them unless unless he comes back to get her like uh like vera in however many years because i hope it's going to be a very long time that kelly's on the, uh, God, i'm getting them mixed up again that nina's on the show um do, speaking of what do we go on to next um, I want to talk. I just want to about... say to oh, this in case somebody's mad. Um, the Abbey Road cover had um Lennon was the preacher, Ringo was the mourner, 
George was the undertaker and Paul was in barefoot. Okay. And that's obviously um, because of the uh, Paul is dead theory that we all know about. Oh, yes. We have our different opinions about. But it is weird. If you weird. play this week, the whole of this week's episode of Coronation Street backwards. You will get, you will be told whether he's alive or not. <laughs> um, but. You find the instructions to where Gary has now buried Rick Nealon. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will, just want to say, I really love the symbolism of the barefoot and I like the the mythology of the Abbey Road funeral procession idea and everything. But I've always thought it doesn't make any sense to me that they say, um, and the corpse is barefooted because you don't bury people with their shoes on. What? So, yes, you do. <laughs> you always put people... You, who doesn't bury people with shoes on? Yeah, we've just been... You know, we're still re-watching Lost at the moment, aren't we? And there's been a whole thing about, you know, when that person died. We're, we're, <laughs> I can't even talk about it. No, you can't. And, and the shoes. That shoes. Are, I won't, I won't, shoes. I won't mention it because... You, you do put shoes on corpses. Yes, you do. They don't have to be the shoes that fit them and you can probably chop bits off if they're not fitting right but the idea that you bury corpses without shoes on i don't know where that came from <laughs> it doesn't make any sense so the other thing that got my goat a little bit and it oh, just niggled me just a little bit too much on monday was what? if you compare the attack scene mm-hmm. in may to what we saw on monday this week it still doesn't explain everything because the attack scene on that we saw was they were walking down, they got kicked over. Um, we don't know ne- who by. We don't know who by. Nina gets up, runs off, chased by um, Eli Jay, Jay and, and Eli. And then we we see Seb get kicked. We obviously don't see who the kick is. We see five kicks there and we don't hear anything. What was Kelly doing during that time? We still don't know, and that's what gets me, because what we saw Nina see was Kelly wasn't staying silent during this. She was, like, saying, no, no, Corey, no. So I really would want to know, what is Kelly doing when when, during those first five kicks? And she did say, there was a little throwaway line where Kelly said, oh, I just froze for a bit. But I don't... For me, For me, that doesn't explain enough. I don't believe that for that amount of time, 10 seconds or whatever it was, maybe that's a bit more than that, actually, that Kelly was not saying anything. So I think that I was just... I was just a little bit disappointed that there was a slight retcon in my head. I wish that they'd have shown the whole thing. So, So I could say, okay, that makes sense. Kelly was over by the bin during those five kicks, but it wasn't. So, okay, fine. Because, interestingly, when I was picturing Kelly's side of the story and her pulling um, Corey off of Keb, I kind of imagined Corey literally on the, on the ground with him and maybe pummeling him in with his fist as well. I don't know why I thought that. And she was like, had to yeah. physically lift him off the ground, but she was literally just trying to pull him back, wasn't she? I, Can I, I just that say... Too. But yeah, what, what happened then? I, don't, I still... Oh, it's, it niggles me and it's not going to be resolved. I don't want to, I don't want to diminish her um, because I d- know that if I was her and certainly being a woman compared to a man, I don't know what difference it would have made but she it didn't really feel like she was putting everything into stopping Corey from doing what he was doing yeah she was just doing it in slow motion wasn't she she should have sped up a little bit (laughs) she was pulling his arm and kind of trying to pull him away I don't really know why I'm saying this because it's not her it's not her responsibility what he did but when she says oh I tried to to try to pull him away 
she really just did try to pull him away. She didn't like try to yank him or force him or fight him or she didn't get on the ground and shield Seb or anything. Like she wasn't being heroic. And I, I think that's kind of good in a way because I think in our minds we all think, well, if I was there, I would have I would have done this and that. I don't think everyone would have. And also, she didn't know that he was killing him. Mm. She didn't ever think this was going to happen. And so she probably, if she was to think back, it would. I would like to have seen her say something like, I wish I'd tried harder, or if only I had got on the floor with Seb, or if only I had tried to hit him or something. Because really, she just kind of went, don't, no, No, don't. I didn't get that. I, I from, did. from what I saw, I, I thought that she was doing as best she could in a situation where she was utterly panicking. You can well, tell she was she also was drunk. She, she, yeah, she wasn't in control of her faculties. She, she went yeah. over and had a little panic attack by the bin. She, he he <laughs> was hasn't? noticeably taller taller and bigger than her. She, I don't, and, and he was... Well, he's ten it, foot and she's three foot. Exactly. He was enraged and, and, and she couldn't have done it. And, well, and, he, and, and he is scared she was probably scared of oh, I can't do too much because he was he's just this snarling beast I get it. of a man I get it I just think if I was Kelly I would have been disappointed in myself I'm sure she was I'm sure that she since this has that. happened she's she thought what that. if I tried harder she hasn't but, said that no she hasn't but from what I saw I think I think as a viewer she did as much as she could have done if really. only she had done the karate kick the flying karate kick at on him. Corey. Yeah, yeah, that's true. The banshee flying karate kick. Yeah. Um, so do you... I the, want the big to question is a self-defence school for women called the Banshee Flying Kick School of Martial Arts for Women. I'd sign up, but I can't because I'm can't. not a lady. You... Well, not I, at I'd the be, moment. I'd be standing outside the window, peering in. <laughs> yes, we also sell tickets for peepers. <laughs> um, so the big question is what should happen to Kelly now? Is she innocent? Are we supposed to like her? The The narrative has clearly been persuading us to, like, brush off what Kelly's been... what Kelly's done and really diminish her part in this attack for months now. How are we feeling about her now? Do we feel sympathy for her? Should she get a prison sentence? Should she get her community payback? Should she be able to just completely walk free? Is she going to be redeemed as a character? I'm really struggling because... I have, it, it's it's kind of working on me. And I, I do think, I honestly do think that she is partly to blame. She she was goaded before the slap. Um, she she was laughing. She she was this, you know, joint enterprise thing. I can't remember whether that was mentioned at all in this week's episodes. She, she was no, part of it. That didn't come up, but I just wanted to point out that Art Guardian article that I mentioned last week, I read it properly. And from what it said, I can't understand why Kelly was not charged with murder just because of joint enterprise and the fact that she was there. Because there's a case that it mentions in the Guardian article, and I can't remember what the article is called now, um, but it basically was saying that there were a couple, there was a couple who were got into a fight with a man and then they were, then they went to look for their shoes or something <laughs> and they walked off and then somebody else came and had a fight with the same man. Gotta go and find my shoes, otherwise people are going to think I'm dead walking around bare feet. <laughs> Can't have that. Some, so another, another person came and attacked the same man that they had already fought and killed him and they also were tried and convicted of murder, mm. even though they didn't kill him and Is they this weren't in the UK? there. Yes. Mm. I'm just going to quickly find this article. Whatever should happen to her, and I, and I, 
I don't think she's going to get a custodial sentence. I think she's going right. to get some kind of off-screen payback or maybe she's going to you know, join Hope at the psychoanalogist's office or whatever it is. Um, I think that it will kind of be brushed under the carpet, um, possibly. I'd, I'd like for it not to have some kind of long-term ramifications for her. But, yeah, I, okay. I, I am definitely feeling more sympathy for her as the week's gone on. So well done, Coronation Street. You've done a good job here. This was How Do 11 People Go to Jail for One Murder by Harry Stopes from 9th of March 2018 from The Guardian. Okay, Please read it. I want to know what other people think. Stuff. And also, if you know anything about the law which is more nope. than I do, um, please look, read it and tell me what, how, why it doesn't apply to this case. Because it would, um, for plot ruin reasons. The, ruin the story. So you've been a staunch um, Kelly detractor yeah, since day one. Detractor. What do you think of her now? Don't like her. Do you, do is you, she on trial you, for being a bitch? Because if she is, she is guilty. Do, do, you, do you feel any level of sympathy? Look, or do you feel... Do you feel Different to how you, you used to absolutely hate her. Do you feel like oh yeah, I kind of I can't really feel, feel sorry, sorry for, for her because bit. like number one, she the kind of delight that she and and the um the delight and the levity with which she spoke to Imran about him having to go at Asha made me think that she's still a horrible person, um and she hasn't learned anything like I said previously. Mm. Um, she did upload that video of, of Asha and I still haven't forgiven her for that. She was involved in a gang of people and they chased two people. There was four of them chasing two people and she said it was a game or it just felt like a game. What did she think was going to happen when they caught up with them? Like she said, oh, we just would catch them and it would be fun. What do you mean catch? You're it. I don't understand what she thought was going to happen. It feels to me as though, um... There's a reasonable expectation if you're in a gang of people chasing somebody and shouting at them that once you get to them, you're going to attack them. Yeah. I can't understand how she thinks anyone would say any different. I think she's getting away with it because she's a pretty blonde young girl. Um, I think she tried her best to stop um, Corey from attacking Sarah, but she, did, she didn't do a very good job, let's be honest. Mm. Um and also, you know, I'm looking back at my own childhood. I was a bit of a horrible cow sometimes. I could be a bit nasty. I, you know, a bitch sometimes, a bit mean. I picked on people sometimes at school. I really regret it. But I think a lot of people have been nasty and in, in like a, a group of people who made fun of someone. Um, that's not easy for me to say because it doesn't make me out to be a nice person. But I think sometimes people like to tell fibs about how good or bad of a person they are. But I can never see myself chasing people because of what they were dressed up like and getting up to them and pushing them over and kicking them to death. Mm. I can't see myself standing there watching somebody get pummeled on the floor and just trying a little bit. I can't see myself looking down at somebody and going, it's all right, he's choking up blood, he's going to be fine, and walking off. I also can't see myself hiding this from everybody because the, a bloke told me that I had to keep quiet. I just I just think if I'm a horrible person and she's also a horrible person, she's still worse than I am, so I think that she should go to jail. 
There we go. Again, get your prosecution team. I'm just looking back at my childhood and thinking, how many times was I in a branch of like, this, I could go this way or that way. I could have ended up being like Kelly, but I didn't. Does that make me special? Is there something or is it just circumstances? And so should I therefore be nicer to Kelly and say, oh, she's just misunderstood and it's just unlucky. But, you know, it was more unlucky for Seb, wasn't it? You know what I mean? How how much can we really forgive people for being in this situation? How accidental is it that she found herself in a mob? Mm. Yeah. How likely is it for the average person to go, oh, whoops, I was actually accidentally in an angry mob and we killed somebody because they were wearing, they were hanging out with someone who was wearing black clothes all the time. I think um, how she reacts when she does eventually, you know, get let off, which I'm sure she will, will, will make a difference to how... We view no, Kelly well, going up, going ahead. If she, about if, she, it if she vows to, you know, make a change to her life. Whatever. Maybe. Whatever. Crying about it afterwards because you got in trouble <sighs> doesn't hold any war with me, I'm afraid. Mm. And, but, at, you know, what's she, yeah, she going to do in the future? I don't know. I just think she, she was in a gang. They killed somebody. How often does that happen by accident? Mm. How many good people are in a gang? Part of the problem is as well that both her and, um, well, both Millie and Max did a flipping brilliant job, didn't they? Throughout the whole thing. They are really, really good. Both of them. We haven't really said enough about Maximus Evans playing Corey, but how well he played that on the stand, like the cry, the tears, and they're just enough, they're just convincing enough to make you wonder, like, is Corey acting here or is he really sad? What is he sad about? But he is utterly detestable. Yeah, he is. Um, and, And just getting in people's faces and... And just even like saying, oh, so, she's a freak. You know, the way the contempt, contempt in his voice when he was talking about Nina when they were having that discussion in the, in the, the court. Yeah, because you, you get teenage characters in Corrie in the past, some of them, who are supposed to be hard, but it's like, you're not <laughs> really that much, are you? But this, you can totally believe it was the head of this nasty gang at school that, you know, everybody would be terrified of, so would... You know, never say a bad word against them. Otherwise, they feel they're going to get beaten up. I, I just think he's doing a really, he's really, doing really, a really good, good job. Yeah, fantastic job, and and Millie as well. Millie, um, definitely. But anyway, um, with Kelly, mm. I just wanted to say, what did you say should happen to her? What should you, happen to her? You only asked me what wise. I thought of her. You didn't ask me what I thought should happen to her. Because I said this last week as well. I, everything for everything I think about her and how horrible she is and how much of a of um how much contempt I I hold for her and how I do not buy all of this rubbish about she was just carried away with the situation or whatever. I still think that although she, I want her to be punished, I also want society to benefit in some way from from justice. And how do you benefit from from justice for kelly what does that actually mean in a practical term is it going to really benefit society to chuck her in prison is there something you can do to with her to make her understand that being a bitch is not cool is there like anti-bitch classes that we can send her to maybe just like force her to hang around with the squares of the street summer and asher and see what rubs off on her (sighs) i think i think to me i'm being light-hearted but you you know what i mean i think that she it would feel right to me that she gets some kind of short prison sentence. I think it's going to be a case of, you know, she's time served go, already, so she gets go, let out. But that will um, go on her record forever, and she won't 
I mean, she can get whatever job she wants in Weatherfield mm. because they don't care. Yeah, well, exactly. But she, she wants to go, you know, she wants to be a CEO. Yeah. Or... I don't know. It, I, I'd like to see her get properly punished for taking part in it. I mean, obviously, Corey needs to have the book thrown at him and, and throw away the key. But um, I, I think it, I, if if Kelly does get let out then I'm not going to be like, no, miss trial, do it again or whatever. But I'd prefer to see her go down for a little bit and maybe... All we've seen of her in prison at the moment, she's sitting in this nice little pastel-coloured room with with a telephone. I want to see, like... I want to see a cell. Yeah, I want to see her eating slop. (laughs) I mean, the thing is about it is that, um, like, you know, like I said, I'm sure lots of people have had experiences when they were kids where they were having a go or, you know, not being in a gang per se, but having a go at somebody in a group of people or laughing at somebody and being mean. Because let's face it, these people exist there and some of us are them. You know what I'm saying? There's not like a different race of people that does th- that do these things to people. Everyone, everyone's everyone got the potential. Not everybody does it. Mm. But it's not like there's, there's a completely different type of human being that does these things. So, but... But being horrible to somebody and making fun of them for wearing weird clothes that you think are you know you think are weird clothes, that's that's not really criminal. But chasing people and yeah. slapping them is. This is what I'm trying to say. It escalated from something that's far beyond teenage hijinks and being a bit of a dickhead to people to actual criminal behaviour. And I, I think when she started, when she slapped and when she started chasing and laughing, I just don't buy any excuse that comes, that tries to tell me that she didn't think beyond what she was doing. And I don't also accept being drunk as an excuse. I just don't. Because then, you know, then we can do what we like then, can't we? If, we're, if, we, if you get drunk enough, you can do what you like then. That's not, sorry, that's not how it works. I, I, see, I see what you mean. You can't just I get spe- drunk and, and kick someone to death and go, sorry, I had too many ciders. <laughs> no, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. I'm, I'm fi- fine she didn't kick. She didn't kick Seb, fine. I wasn't really buying that. I think Curry's kind of retconned it a little bit. I think it... I think it's likely in real life that she might have kicked him as, you know... Got carried give it away. a sly tap. You know what I mean? I, I just don't buy I don't buy her this innocent act. I think is she also just gonna point this out too, if she looked different, she might be getting a different taste of justice. Mm-hmm. You know, if she does she look like Gemma, wouldn't anyone take her seriously that she didn't do anything? No. Because people are um prejudiced towards people that are attractive and petite and slim and well groomed. Mm. Someone like Gemma, you'd be like, yeah, but she did boot him in the head. That's true. Well, I and think Gemma it... probably would have done back in the day if Caleb had asked her to. <laughs> in fact, that... I'm probably, I'm pretty sure she probably did, and we just didn't find out about it. Imran's very disappointed with you now, Gemma. Can you, can oh. you imagine now? Now you need to say everything you've just said to Imran. And he's going to have his big sad face and his mm. big lovely. He's going to flutter his eyelashes How at you, you and have a little bit of a cry about what you said yeah, about but, his dear foster daughter. But, can you, you know, live with yourself? But also, I want to say, if if you're talking about the balance of society and what's good and what's what's not, is is getting Imran to get let her get away with it? Is that actually of greater benefit to society because she's scared straight? Mm, I don't know. Mm. Um, 
Because can we talk about Nina a little bit before we before we finish? Because no, um, I I love Nina this week. She was she was fab, and um, getting her to have her goth gear back on for those court scenes you knew was it had just to happen, just didn't right. You? Again, I'd seen the pap shots of it, unfortunately, oh. so I, it wasn't a big revelation. I think that the way that they revealed it, I don't know. Maybe it was because I knew that she was going to wear the costume. Oh, I can't say costume. Sorry, the the, the goth Outfit. attire. Um, but I, th- I think the reveal could have been done a little bit better because you kind of get to see... Yeah, I know. You see her walking through the courtroom with her, with her black gear on and then you, she's covering her face up with the with the oath sheet, whatever it's called, and then she puts it down. It's like, oh, look, it's me, it's Nina, it's old Nina, I'm back again. But by that point, we, we kind yeah. of already knew. And I think bit... it would have been more impactful if we... Maybe Roy had <laughs> maybe possibly suggested it or if we'd have just left it of Roy saying, I just want to have a look at what's in that bag. The next thing we see, or the next scene that Nina is in, is we see just the oath sheet, not like... Not with the bits of frilly black popping out the sides of it like this was, and then the oath sheet goes down, and that's the first proper look, and you go, "Ah, oh, she's back." That would have been better. They must have had a discussion about how they were going to do this, and they decided they wanted the scene of her in the bathroom looking at herself in the mirror. Yeah, we didn't even mention that before. Actually, did we? That was I was expecting a little bit more from that because I think that was supposed to mirror the scene in the bathroom when she degotified. But it was also reminiscent of Corey looking in the mirror when he came back from, Mm. you know, there's a lot of mirror looking, isn't there? These teens. (laughs) Um, I wanted to also say, after last week when I was talking about her possibly evolving her style, Mm. when I saw her um, in the, the dock and she had like sheer black sleeves and a black, it looked like a very plain sort of black high neck blouse. I was like, Oh, has she actually, has she actually changed her style a little bit and been a, be a bit more, gone a bit more Connor rather than Goth? Mm. And then the next scene where we actually get to see her full outfit, she's dressed as like uh, Queen Victoria in mourning. I was like, no, she's, she's <laughs> if she had, but completely. The thing about it, if she had evolved her style, it would have been all down to Roy, wouldn't it? Because he's the one that's been looking after her stuff. Can you imagine like Roy gets it all out and going, oh, this is this is the. I can just imagine I need to Roy update your going, look here, Nina. But the thing is that makes me laugh about it is that yeah she is wearing this really super victorian looking frilly like full length big skirted dress that's um yeah just covered in frills and roy went that's the one she's gonna wear to court and he's the one that picked that yeah. just bear that in mind <laughs> next time you watch that scene if you watch it back like he picked her outfit for her and that was the one that he thought was appropriate for court that's funny that's funny i do love nina i think she's great i don't mind I... that she I, I honestly i don't want anyone to get the impression that i'm you know saying that wearing gothy clothes is a phase or that um her outfits aren't appropriate or whatever i just from a you, you guys know how much i like telling a story through costuming and i just thought to myself that if i was in charge of her costume i would have done something like that but maybe not appropriate because she's really it's a sort of return to her first but what i yeah, want to she, point she, out she though, was the nina that seb fell in love with and yeah, i'm doing this for seb yeah yeah but what i want to point out though is that she isn't that person no and it would have been cool to have had some symbolic you know demonstration of that with her slightly subtle change but i don't think who knows who would have noticed it what, what i, I, what it I love been most, a lot of effort for nothing probably what i love most about nina was when she stood up to sabine because what we what we 
loved with Nina before was just how kind of sassy and cool and unfazed by anything that she was. What, she, Sabina? Uh, no, no, Nina. Oh. Um, and how she would she'd stick, have, up for herself. stick up for herself and she didn't care if people were being horrible to her. She'd, she'd get up in their face or yeah, she'd slap them with her. She no, no, she'd punch somebody in the face once, didn't she? She and, should um, be in for assault. She's no better than Kelly. That's very true. I tell you what, though, what she didn't do was punch someone and then follow them in a mob. Yes. And watch them get kicked to death and go, whoa, I didn't know this would happen. But she doesn't care. She she will stand up for herself. And, and that is the side of Nina that we've not seen any of. She's just been so dowdy and, like, floppy and melty. And and she's she had all of that um, self-confidence kicked out of her, literally, in May. And, and this was back to the Nina that we knew and loved. And, stand, yeah, yeah, standing up to Zoom was just perfect. And, I know uh, the thing, thing about this whole week is it feels really superfluous to say the acting and the performances. And I, d- I just feel like it's boring to listen to us continually going, so-and-so is fantastic, so-and-so is fantastic. But really, this week, everybody... This was, for, for the court story, this was a tour de force. I, I loved Charlie Duello's acting as, as Imran because it was Imran just, was it was so just the right level of court performance theatrical wasn't it it wasn't kind of dry and that some of the expressions and the grins and the aha and the smirks and and everything it was absolutely right i i thought it was perfect honestly Um, really 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 happy with it give a shout out i don't think we mentioned her name yet zora bishop who plays sabine yeah you know it coming in as to an established group of actors um in the way that she has done must have been a bit intimidating mm-hmm. but she you, shows no, none of that at all she's like commanding she's she plays okay. <clears throat> can i just make a zelda reference here when she was in court it was zora's domain <laughs> thank you to the five people that? that got that <laughs> back to Gemma. back to me um yeah she she yeah she's yeah she i don't really know what else to say about her you know i gets, think she's great it gets I, dull I just, to listen she's just to the right level of, of smarminess that is like she's not annoying it's like yeah she knows she's good at her job and she's also kind of quietly pleased that she's showing imran that she's you know i'm over you like are you really because you you know you seem yeah, to it, be bothered, something we but... haven't mentioned about is that there were some people i think it's come from our facebook group actually uh, quite a lot of people were annoyed that the Sabine character was brought in and thought it was unnecessary and got in the way of the actual story that they were trying to tell, which was about the assault. And we don't need any of this soapy ex-husband wives spatting against <laughs> each other. And 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 that, I I hadn't particularly been bothered about that. I I didn't mind the potential of that. But I think this week we didn't really get any of that, did we? We didn't well, get them taking pot shots at each other, and it, I think that was right added a bit of an extra dimension and I understand what people are saying but I do think that the Sophie Lancaster story has been told this isn't about her anymore um the 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 attack was about that story but it's evolved since then and it's not fair to her um to keep kind of comparing the two cases because that you know the court case it was a gang of teenage youths I think I can't remember what happened, but there was certainly not... Um, I don't think that any of the stuff that's happened to do with Corey saying this and Kelly saying that, I don't know. I don't think the, the case, you're not supposed... The case of Sophie Lancaster is a case of um, people attacking somebody for the way that they looked and the, the hopeless, sad and tragic ending that she came to just because of how she was dressed. Mm. That's the end. That 
and the continuation of the of the Seb story is about other things. Yeah, I, I think we left Sophie's story back in back May. in May. That's what I think, and I know I understand people will take have different opinions about that and and what they think about the court case, but you know it's a soap you know saying it's too soapy well it's a soap it's gonna and, be... th- and that's why there were some people that were saying no i didn't need a twist for example with the with the yeah, flashback I and i was still hankering after one which is an interesting is is one you... of the yeah. reasons why i didn't mind the court on monday even though it was again just people saying what we already knew the i didn't mind sorry wednesday okay. i didn't mind that because i didn't go into the court expecting a twist about what happened. Whereas Monday I was wanting a twist and expecting one. Didn't happen. A little bit disappointed. Wednesday I thought this is just going to be some brilliant back and forths and um, and, and whatever between the, the barristers and the and the defendants or whoever it was. And that's what we got. I just, I mean, I get what people are saying about um, Sabine and Imran and I t- totally take that on board. But the reason I don't have a problem with it is because I think the soap element was introduced far before um, Sabine came on the scene, and it is the story of Kelly versus Corey. Yeah. I don't think the Sophie Lancaster story was ever about people arguing over who did what in and to her and her boyfriend. And not as far as I know. So that... But I don't know much. To me, I, I think if you're going to complain about Sabine, you'd, you would be complaining about kelly and Corey. i'm still and the thing is the story would have stopped if there wasn't anything more to it than what what would have what would have happened if it was just a, a sort of absolute recounting of mm. of that case i'm still just... a bit worried about is sabine gonna try and <laughs> steal him run away from toy there's there's no evidence of that going to be happening at the moment but if that's not going to happen then what why make it sabine why not just make it random smarmy lawyer and and I, and at one point yeah. i was thinking is toya gonna watch imran you know laying into asher and and getting you know and, and she's gonna think blimey why did you say that why That's did really you mean. do that you you were cruel i i saw a side I to can't. you that i didn't actually like oh no and then she kind of drifts away from him and then he you know goes to I still and until Sabine leaves the program, <laughs> I'm going to be worried that this is going to happen. Yeah, Which well, very you sad. Know, the thing is, it does really feel to me like <laughs> at the end of this court case, it's going to be Corey Brent. You're being sentenced to eternity in the depths of the mines of hell, and Kelly did nothing wrong. You beautiful, sweet woman, you may leave. <laughs> and then we see. Um, we see uh, Sabine and Imran coming out of the court and they sort of throw their papers up in the air and then they look at each other and it's like the papers are falling like confetti and then Imran's like, Sabine, I forgot what it was that made me marry you in the first place, but it's your deposition. <laughs> I hope not. I hope not, but I, I, I do worry <laughs> still. Um, finally then, so the, the twist at the end was Abby uncovering this the extent maybe or some clues that that stefan is offering these backhanders what do you think about about that little development i i kind of felt like Weak. it wasn't really needed i didn't get it what's the, I, the, the uh, say what and it's it, it's nice that abby's getting a part to play in the justice that will eventually Corey will have to face it just but, feels like 
Um, they at the end they were like, oh, Co- Abby has to be part of how Corey gets sent down, and it's got to be a story about corruption in justice in the justice system and about how you can buy your way to a to the the verdict you want and like the big the you know the big businessman versus the small man and Corey's always been about working class people like foster daughters who have lawyers for dads and um improbable things like that and we have to think of a way of abby taking down like like erin brokoviching the whole thing what should we do and then they couldn't think of anything apart from this well we'll see how it goes on monday but i think i'm on this on a similar page to you here i'm not not mega impressed with it like so i don't i mean it i, I want this to be imran's people. victory not abby's victory yeah that's the thing and i want it to be abby gets her justice i just delivered want it to be like imran. imran did a really good job and everybody worked out from the logic which you know is there the logic is there that Corey did it and it wasn't Kelly, mm. it's logical. It doesn't make any sense. I am kind of tired of this idea that people keep thinking that women and men are the same strength. We've been fed this by stupid Hollywood movies of like, you know, Scarlet, what's her face, Johansson, like beating the crap out of men and kicking them, kicking them all over the place and punching them, and you know, superhero movies like Wonder Woman and stuff that we as women can have a fight with a man and and like just. Be, be equal we can't we're nowhere near as strong as men the idea that anyone would think that kelly would be able to push Corey over and then kick seb is so ludicrous it speaks for itself yeah we it don't really, need really abby to uncover the secret shenanigans of a businessman who's so incompetent that he hires a delivery driver to be his middle manager in a publishing company mm. I hope that that's a small part of Monday's. I'm very much looking forward to Kelly on the stand. Is she going to be able to stay composed? Kelly. Ke- yes, Kelly's Kelly's going to be uh, you know, cross-examined or whatever. And, and See, he, Imran just needs to say the same three things. Do you like kicking? Do you want to make mm. kicking your job? And she'll be like, no. No, want me? Don't like it. How good are you at ban- a banshee karate kick? And she'll be like, never even heard of it because <laughs> it's not a thing. We need to wrap up this discussion, I think. Um, I, I very much enjoyed uh, going back over that, flashbacking through it, actually. Um, but when, Yeah, when Monday's I... episode was definitely needed. It reminded us what happened. It was appropriate. It didn't sensationalise things. Perhaps my ideas would have been disrespectful and people wouldn't have liked it. Um, I only felt that way because I thought that the story was being told in a way that led me to expect Yeah, that was things. our immediate reactions. Um, um, but I'd certainly really liked the, the chance to see um, Harry Vizzanoni again. Mm. And I liked the fact that they could redo some of those scenes with a bit more intimacy. Um, so really great job. Um, didn't really think that Fridays needed all this extra, um, the extra stories that we got. No, that, that makes my score go down. Now, some people have been saying five, 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 definitely a five. And I, I think that after Monday's episode... I was never going to give it a five anyway. It was going to be a strong four and a half. But the question is whether Friday's episode takes it down to a four for me. It's got to be high because I don't think Imran it does. Scene at the end of Wednesday when it's like you, oh mate, I haven't even gotten started. Like <laughs> I think if I was to give it a four, I'd be shortchanging it and just feeling petty about what happened with the extra stories on Friday. So I'm I'm going to go for. Four and a half yeah. shaken back pensioners out of five, which is 
<laughs> which is what Eileen uh, mentioned when she comes in to find George and Todd. So sorry, a, a Kelly Corey story, but my my score is going to the to the Pat Phelan story this week. What oh, are you giving it? I'm going to give it four and a half Banshee Karate Kicks. Nice. Um, Who's so... the character of the week? Imran. Imran for me. Why? Oh man, that bit on Wednesday, I can't get over it. It's like my like if you were to make a scene like for fan service just for me that was it because it's like uh, he's, uh, he said he said a badass thing gotta make sure also we... Jimmy Harkison in that scene how good was he he was very, he was very good he is so fantastic I love him and it also one of the, my favourite things about him is that he's so authentically dev every time whether he's funny or whether he's completely serious yeah serious it's, bad dev dev is just such a such a versatile character and Jimmy it's because of Jimmy Harkinson's performance. Love it. Well, when when we pack our boxes uh, to move house, we'll make sure we take your Imran and Dev posters off the wall carefully and roll them up so we can put them in the new place. Sadly, everybody, my Legolas poster from university was eaten by unspecified insects yeah, in our garage. So I can't use that anymore. It's got <laughs> to be Imran and Dev having a face off. <laughs> um, I I'm not going to go for Imran for character of the week as awesome as I think he was, and he did a seriously, seriously good job on both Wednesday and Friday, I'm going to give it to Nina. Um, I think that... I, I want to give it to her for the... Um, have, for making herself go through really tough times, reenacting what happened during the attack, finding out, remembering. I was, like, cheering when she remembered exactly what happened. Um, standing up to Sabine on court, in court on Wednesday was... a. Uh, standout moment for the character um and and the fact that we got to see the old nina back the the fact that she was like no i'm not going to let what Corey and these other bullies done to me affect me change me as a person this is who i am i'm doing it for seb i'm seb's looking down on me and i want him to see me as he loved me um that though i am i am going for nina but i mean this was one of those weeks where you could have said it's nina it's imran it's abby it's it's Kelly, it's Corey. Kevin. It's, it's Seb, not Kevin so Simon. much this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you, you could reel off quite a few people that it could be this week. This is um... one of the weeks where I bemoan how inarticulate I am to explain how wonderful the acting and the stories. No, I just feel like I can't properly explain, but I've done my best. And good job only four and a half. Very, very good job. <laughs> I, I wonder whether other people will also be changing their fives to four and a half just based on the iffiness of I tonight's I just really episode. honestly can't believe on the Friday that why uh, did we why? need it? I'm sorry. The, when, when we had the attack back, back in spring, we had like two weeks of just this storyline it felt like and you yep. can't even manage one week this and I don't want it was, I, look, it was seriously unnecessary and the other thing about it was it feels really bad to moan about these because these are all stories that I want to see even Curtis bless him um, I want to see what happens with him and I want to see what happens with um, Emma and I want to see what happens with Tyrone and Fizz but I just didn't want them to be playing second fiddle to mm. something 
and I also didn't want them to be taking time away from it. These these stories deserve to not be the 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 scenes that you go, oh God, no, fast forward this. I want to see what. See what next. what we didn't get today particularly was very much Nina at all, did we? Or Asher? There was we didn't no. get the fallout of that at all. And, and if you'd love to re- see that. Yeah, if we'd have seen that rather than. You know, feelings, ashes going flying everywhere. There are so I, that many, would have been the better. thing is, there are so many scenes that I want to see that we'll probably never get to see. And that's why this is a great story. And this is like the, the sort of the, sometimes the, uh, the burden of editing is that you've got to take away stuff that's good. Like, wouldn't you have loved to have seen just a scene between Asha and Ardy? Mm, absolutely, yeah, yeah. With, I, with Ardy sort of struggling, you know, I'm, I'm the brother, I'm supposed to take care of her. But also, I can't believe you said that you still fancy Nina in court. <laughs> I want to know how long this story is going to run. I don't yeah. know. Is it going to, like, you know, is verdict next week next and then week that's or... it? Or, or is this going to have long consequences? Like, what, what will Nina do next? What will Kelly do next? What, there's lots of them. It's like, what will happen next? Because this story has definitely been one of the strongest, if not the strongest, this year. But it's What's felt next? very fra- fragmented. Yeah. It, it, There's no we, had, we had a couple arc. of weeks at the beginning of the year and then it's kind of gone quiet for a long time and now it's back up and it's it's reminded me why I love this story so much. But if it's over, then it's it's quite a short story, really, cumulatively. Hey, yeah. Now, here's another story, uh, question. Um, it was, the, was the Toya and Imran Foster story just for this? Yeah, I would wonder. Is there I mean, going it to would, be another in many ways, kid. it would have still worked if Imran wasn't her foster dad. I know, if he still it was felt really superfluous. Yeah, if he felt good, uh, sort of bad for her because um, she just hadn't seen her dad for a few years, and and and, and he did use the excuse. No, I you know she, we we made this commitment to her when we took her on. You Fine, didn't really. but you didn't you didn't need that. So it's like, yeah, you. I um, don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd still hope that at some point in the future we'll get to see. Um, I'm really Imran and Toy having a proper well, foster story if they stay together. They depends whether Sabine gets those claws Sabine, in, doesn't the it? Cool morning breeze. Yeah, Habib, Ice Queen Sabine. Um, I, <laughs> I, um, I. One thing that makes me, I really want to see more um, Toya and Imran fostering, and. It's mostly because of the heritage of fostering on the Coronation Street. And I really like the fact they have had so many fostering storylines in the, in the past. And I think it's a really unusual and worthy thing to explore. And I do think that Corrie could do it really well and inter- in an interesting way in a modern era. Because I think the last time we really had a... That's it was what, Faye. Yeah, it's Faye, yeah. And I don't know how much we really explored what it is to be a foster parent and how do you feel as a foster child. It was more like just chuck her in and now now Anna's got a grown-up, well, a, you know, a grown child. Mm. You know what I mean? I wanted to just see them have a little baby. Maybe they get Mason back. Maybe, I, don't I, want, I don't know. I'd like to see... I that can be know. their reward at the end of the story. They get Mason back because his mum's died or something. How sweet would that be? <laughs> Congratulations, Toya and Imran. The mother's dead. Here's your awful. prize. Right, I think we're done. I enjoyed Definitely that. Done. But we have got lots of news and feedback to uh, get on with for the rest of the podcast. So let's move on to that. So, first up in the news, very, very important. There is no Coronation Street on Wednesday, everybody. They thought there was far too much drama going on this week and they thought we couldn't possibly cope with another six episodes next week. So we have got Monday and Friday... That is all. 
Because of football. Bloody oh, good. But ball. I don't know what it's football is. It's coming home. That's gone. It's, it's over. Up. We lost. We're losers. No, we didn't. We came <laughs> second. We were the runners up. Um, yeah, so watch out. So we got. Oh, I mean, what you were saying about potentially the. Uh, the verdict being oh, by the yeah, end of next God. week. They're going to get there pretty quick, aren't Maybe they? Maybe it won't be next week then. Um, well, if you um, are missing out on Corrie Telly stuff because of that, do tune into the NTAs, the National Television Awards, there on Thursday night and um, cheer on our Corrie stars. We've got Molly Gallagher head to head against Sally Carmen in the Best Soap Actor. Uh, category we have got uh who else is up there oh jude riordan as well as there for best newcomer as well and cory for best soap um we won't be watching it because we don't tend to watch those things but don't forget it is on um and we will be certainly keeping an eye out on who the winners are um next bit of news this was quite funny again we didn't i didn't say at the beginning thank you very what are you doing at the moment i'm gonna mention this what mention what? She, she... Oh, what are you doing? Are you doing a story? Oh, you no, you got that book. No, that's fine. No, I was just saying the next bit of news is quite funny, and I want to say thank you very much still to Rebecca because she's still been sending us news the past few weeks because I've been really trying to block out all possible spoilers. But yes, next bit of news. <laughs> this made me laugh. The the UK storms have been um, <clears throat> announced for next year, and, and I, I don't really know how this works. So we have it's, the alphabet, okay, don't we? And so every year they say this is what next year's storms are going to be. And they go through alphabetically. Yes, um, and uh, when we and the reason that this is news is that Storm C next year, so the third storm in the UK next year, is going to be called Storm Corrie. <laughs> Please is, don't kill people. I don't. Yeah, and I don't, pets. And what? anything. Is that what you... Well, if you're like, oh, ha ha, can't wait, how funny, it'll be Storm Corrie. And then it's like, Storm Corrie devastates the nation. And like, oh, gosh, and then, yeah. And we're all like, ha ha, this isn't funny anymore. And Ian <laughs> McLeod has to apologise on behalf of Corrie for the storm murdering a bunch of, I don't, you know, yeah, people well, that live in a puddle. I, I want Corrie to take advantage of this and have that um, natural disaster hurricane that I really wanted for the oh, 60th yeah. anniversary come in and it be Storm Corrie. I think that'd be quite cool. No, because um, it could kill people. Okay, fine. I know that we don't, we don't normally really have, have storms scary... that kill people here. We have Usually a bit our a... natural disasters are more comical, like, oh, look at that, a pub fell over. Yeah, but you but... know... Never know. Sometimes when, some yeah, horrible yeah. things happen here. I, I also had a look down the list to find some other, um, any other Corrie related storm names next year. And we have got a few. The, the E storm is going to be um, Storm Eunice, like Eunice G, Eunice G of course. Um, F storm, Franklin, like Seb Franklin and Abby Franklin. Yeah. Um, the, the J storm is Storm Jack, Duckworth. Yes. Webster. Um, Storm R is Storm Ruby. And, um, and and Storm Sean is going to be S. So we've got lots of Corrie-related storms next year. Blowing hot and cold is Sean. Coincidental. <laughs> Coincidental, of course. I thought, I, we've never looked into this before, uh, we, have we? we? We've looked at baby think, names sometimes. No, I like, think we looked, we've talked about storm names before. It's always we? quite funny. It is. I, I, like I don't know why like they do this, because it does encourage nonsense chat like this for things that really sh- could be quite serious. Yes, I hope that nobody gets hope hurt. Hope nobody storm dies Corrie. from Storm Corey. No. Because this will be very insensitive. We'll have to just delete this part of the podcast. What's the next bit of news, Gemma? Do you want me to talk about my book? Oh, go on then. Because you just mentioned this book, so people might be wondering what the hell is going on. Gemma has been insensitively flicking through a book while I've been reading I the news. I haven't. <laughs> okay, so I got this book and it's just come out and it is by Metro and it is called Class of 37 
by Hester Barron and Claire Langhammer. And I haven't read it all the way through. This isn't a Corrie book, but it's related. Let me explain it. It is from, it was called Voices from Working Class Girlhood. And it's a collection of, um, I don't know, like, so basically there's this company called Mass Observation, which sounds very sinister, but back in the day it probably sounded completely normal and fine. And they used to go around asking people about their ordinary people, about their thoughts and feelings, about a range of different things, just to write down and record what, everyday folk thought about stuff and yeah. i love stuff like this anyway but this is particularly interesting because this is they used to, they asked a bunch of girls from bolton in 1937 so they were all uh, uh 12 and 13 years old about their lives and about you know what do they think about poverty and god and oh, a- anything everything and this is interesting to me because these girls would have grown up gone through the war mm. and they would have ended up being a very similar age to Elsie Tanner at the beginning of Coronation oh, yes. Street, which is where this kind of ties in. So these girls would have been well into sort of motherhood and being adults by the time Coronation Street started in 1960. Mm. And if you want a piece of social history, this is, seems like a really, really good and interesting book. I've always liked these things where they ask... They ask people to, you know, just write down what do you think the future's going to be or what what do you like to do on holiday? And just looking back in time to 1937 to ask little girls about what they thought. Oh, they got a bit about Blackpool in there. Um, That's quite interesting. You have to tell me if you find any interesting um, tidbits from it. Yes, I will do. And they've got, like, the list of the little girls and, and there's this um, obvious um, sort of upper-class learned chap who's been dispatched to observe these girls and write things down about them and he's put very dispassionate little descriptions about them which are like really kind of cold but actually really fascinating because he doesn't actually care about you know Mm. saying anything complimentary like so he's written down um about all the different girls there's one called madge three children the middle father lorry driver swears a lot spoil versus scold Mother admits can't manage her. Very funny looking. Father made her stick up for herself. Very pugnacious. Plausible. Telltale. Very unpopular. The crooner at the concert. Untidy clothes. It's really interesting. Class of 37. Voices from working class girlhood. And I'll probably do a book report when I finish. Back to the Corrie, Corrie, Corrie news, Gemma. Number three. This is, is this, this isn't spoiler, is I it? I didn't read this properly and I thought that, that sounds wrong. Oh, Max yeah. is being racist. No. Max is being recast. I think we can say this without it being spoilers. It's like, because it, often, it's helpful because people will wonder who it is when he appears on screen we, next. We don't mind talking about actor changes, people going on maternity leave. No, I mean, it's like, and, and it's also, it's not exactly the most major of characters, is it? So Harry McDermott, who... For a while now, let's be fair, we've been thinking how long is he still going to stay playing Max has finally um, yeah, called it a day, um, concentrate on his schoolwork or whatever, I assume. I don't think I've actually seen a quote from Harry about this. Um, and I had a look on his Instagram account as well earlier and he doesn't really do much on that, I think. But um, anyway, we are, we are no longer going to be um, enjoying his antics on screen. He's going to be played by uh, a new boy called Paddy Beaver, I think his name is. Um, and he's going to be on screen later this month. And I had a look at him and he's, you know, he's blonde. He he could pass for an, an older Max. He 
he doesn't look like he's played by, you know, a 25 year old, but like, you know, how they always get the curry teens being played by people. Didn't you have a look at the picture of it? No, I I don't know. I haven't got it ready for you. It doesn't matter. Anyway, um, that's it really. So good luck to Harry with what you got on with him. And and, and I hope that Paddy is an excellent actor. And because, I mean, the thing, the thing with Max is, Yes. I, when he came into the show, he was another one of the adorable Corrie young'uns, wasn't he? Yeah. He was, like, so, so cute. But he he didn't ever get... Um, Anything to do with it. No, he, well, he, he didn't get the... He, he's not remembered in the same way as, like, young Chesney or young Simon because, yeah, he just didn't really have the stories to back it up, but he was a real cutie pie. And then he grew up and it just, yeah, not, not really interesting. He, they didn't have anything to do with him, give him yeah, ADHD. Yeah, the character of Max, Um... Yeah, so so it looks like they want to maybe start to give some proper stories to Max, which is good. I mean, we've been saying for a while that the Platts have been underused recently, which we would never have been saying a few years ago. But um, I'm kind of interested in this. I'm wondering maybe um, we still don't know. We still don't know what Daniel's up to with the school. Is 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 Max? Is Daniel going to be Max's new teacher or something? Well, I said he was a secondary school English teacher, but I was just guessing. So I don't know. No. Silence from Gemma. We will have to wait and see for this one. I'm preoccupied because I realised I didn't say that this class of 37 book, book was based in Bolton. You did say that. It's, but it's 10 miles north of Manchester, in case you're not familiar. Oh, yeah, that's probably quite important. It's northern working class girlhood. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit away from and Bolton they're talking and Manchester. About, yeah, talking about cotton mills and how they didn't want to work, like the parent work, etc., etc. Next bit of news. Now, this this could be drama, but I, I'm I'm not worrying too much about it. But there was a report in the Sun this week that Helen Flanagan isn't coming back to Coronation Street. The worst bit of all of this is there's no source. There's there's no quote from Helen Flanagan. So you can't do the voice. I can't. Her going, oh, I, I can't never invite. Thought I'd never come back to Coronation this, Street. This was mildly concerning to me when I saw the headline sent through for Rebecca this week. But having read the article, I'm. Um, I'm erring on the side of caution and it basically just seems to be saying, yeah, she's been away from it since 2018, hasn't she? And, and one of... And, and, 18? And one of, yeah, 2018. Well, that wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and somebody who knows her is saying, oh yeah, she's probably not going to come back for at least two or three years. And then the son of, you know, made this story out of it. Uh, may, maybe like she won't come back. We're saying she's got other things she could do. The, the source said it's... What what does the source sound like? Maybe the source sounds quite like Helen as well. It's all up in the air as to Hang whether on. she'll. Are you actually Helen Flanagan pretending to be your friend? What? Are you Helen Flanagan pretending to be Helen Flanagan's friend to try to drive up your agent's fee yes. for when you return you to Coronation Street? Caught me out. So Amy McCarthy could be like, "I was going to hire you back at four pound fifty an episode, but it seems like you got better offers. So how about five <laughs> fifty? Helen Flanagan's best friend says it's all up in the air as to whether she'll ever make it return. She's has a career dream she'd like to work on before making up her mind. She wants to focus on her three children and has other career dreams, including acting roles she'd like to work on before making up her mind whether to reprise a role as Rosie. In the short term, the break would be." around two to three more years but there's no saying she'll ever come back even after that ellen loves coronation street her character and the family but it takes up a huge amount of her time and it's become unfeasible oh uh, you know i've always found that as well so having unfeasible job. having a job takes up a huge amount of time and frankly it's becoming unfeasible just taking away your mother in time isn't it <laughs> so well, i've only got a cat and it's it's unfeasible yeah she caught a mouse just last night didn't she had to 
What a palaver. That was a palaver. Imagine if your children came in from the garden with a mouse in their mouth. <laughs> we literally, we made it happen as well. We willed it I into did, existence, yeah. didn't we? Gemma, we were sitting watching the TV and for whatever reason, you said, Happy's not brought in a mouse for like a good few months now. And literally yep. an hour an later, hour. in comes she trots, mouse in her this mouth. This is why... Hiding around in the bathroom. You laugh at me and you say I'm pessimistic, but my brain has the power to shape reality. It's that those gypsy roots of yours, it isn't is. it? So this is why I refuse to be happy about something because the universe is waiting to punish <laughs> me for being a horrible cow when I was a young girl, Aww. just like Kelly Nealon. Um, I'm not worried about this. Maybe she won't come back. I've not. I've kind of. I'm not thinking. I'm not like every week thinking. Maybe this is the week that her announce her return will be announced. I'd love it if she come back. If it's two to three years, fine. If it's never. Oh, well, that's a shame. I'd quite like well, to see her again. Know, so I this made, report didn't really make much of an I impact, made fun of me. it, but it's not a normal job, is it? It's not like, you know... It's, it's not, not a nine-to-five. It's five. not a nine-to-five. You, you've got to relocate yourself if you're not from... You don't live in the area. Yeah, which she doesn't anymore. If you've got a big story, God knows how long you're going to be working. It's not just all the time you spend filming either. It's all your le- learning your lines. And mm. sometimes if you've got an issue storyline, you might be meeting up with charity people you know sometimes you have to dre- dress up in big black puffy outfits yeah. with a wig on your head and go around in heat waves yeah it's hard work it's, Helen, it's I mean I don't think Helen had to dress up very much it was much more a case of putting your bikini but I'm sure she had her other troubles that she had to go through but anyway um, last bit of I news I also like the oh, way that this, this little quote sort of insinuates that her being rosy isn't acting like she wants to focus on her other career dreams including acting roles yeah. <laughs> like being rosy is just her turning up and reading off an it's alter ego in her own style in her own right you've got to explain this to me this next story this is about I, I film just, this is this is as complicated right story. and i, I don't... think we talked about this on the podcast a few years ago when it first this came is long to, to... and confusing it's really long i, I try is... i've really tried to abridge this this feels like a netflix documentary about some crazy crap that happened that you'd never believe this is a netflix documentary waiting to happen so an phil middlemas played des barnes in the 90s and coronation street this is why we're talking about it here some of you will know him if phil you watched middlemas. it that long he played de barnes mm-hmm. and he's got himself caught up in some crazy multi-billion pound international bribery scandal in ghana that just and you can't like say that fake... about many ex-coronation like... street actors can you that just sounds made up yeah, it's like what what happens when you move on from Corrie? I mean, we had Saran Jones. She went on to do a Action. gentleman Mac, uh, Jack and a Tardis and the Doctor Who. Yeah, Catherine yeah. Kelly did really well Acting. in um, in yeah. that, and, and yeah, Sarah Lancashire doing a acting. Oh, yeah, a lot of it's based around acting. Some of it, but yeah, then you got your Phil Middlemas multi-billion pound international brokering game. weapons. Or he what didn't he doing? do it. He has been exonerated. He's been not exonerated. <laughs> is that the right word? He's been told yeah. actually, sorry, we got the wrong. End of the oh, Phil Middlemiss, we thought you were Des Barnes. Well, this comes into it. So Does it? The past, I don't, okay. Yeah, you haven't, you haven't read the, the no. extent of this, have you? So the last two what years, he's been on? facing possible prosecution from the UK's serious fraud office. Oh, man. In relation to these uh, accusations that he's been bribing, bribing and corrupting and, and all this over in Africa. And, and it <laughs> rolls around the £50 million sale of three... I, I'm reading it. I, I can't say this in my own words. I just... This, sorry, this is from the mirror, my source here. This it. is the sale of three C-295 military planes by global aerospace giant Airbus... 
to the Ghanaian government. So he was helping Airbus sell these military planes to the Ghanaian government. Was he? And taking bribes. Well, it all started way back in 2009, where he went to Ghana with a mate, and he kind of fell in love with the country a little bit. And he said, oh, I went to back and forth to Ghana. He was doing some, some filming. Acting. acting. A bit of acting. And he thought, this is quite nice, actually. And apparently he went back and forth to Ghana about 40, 50 times in that, mm. I don't know how long a period, but he really, really liked the place. Film project didn't work out, but he started a load of other businesses there, which got him loaded contracts and things. Like, there was a, a theme park and... Uh, and shops that, even and that, whatever. Even that know. to me. If you but said, a... the actor who played Des Barnes is in Ghana making a, a theme park, I'd say, that's nonsense. Yes, exactly. So, um, it's, it's crazy. So, um, mm-hmm. he, he was doing that. Uh, and, he got, and he got, you know, he got to know a lot of people. He had his fingers in many pies. So, in early 2010, oh, this is when Airbus, this... Air, global aerospace giant company thing, probably run by somebody like Stefan Brent, probably came up to him and said, "Right, you 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 seem like a decent entrepreneur. Can you help me sell these aircraft to Ghana?" I've been watching your sizzle reel. Yeah, and I think that you would be great. Now, one of the reasons that I wanted to put this story in is because I wanted to test out my Geordie accent on the oh, podcast. Oh no, you did this. No, no, no. I Can did I... it last okay, night. Okay, listen. There's Michael one I've been struggling with for a long time. Can't do it. I can't do a Geordie accent. But there, that's not going to stop Some you. accents I think, I can have a go at I'm that. I'm sorry. That sounds maybe a little bit like it. I Geordies, could pass. please, we There are some accents, like, I just can't get my but, mouth around. So why do you have to do it? Because I want to make an ass out of myself on the podcast. That, that makes sense. So, what film Middlemas? Well, I'm, I'm interspersing mirror things with quotes here. He said, I've just got to get <laughs> go into the then. zone here. Right, a Grove. Fight a grove. My role was to... Oh, I did a better job last night. <laughs> My role was to help Yerbos staff in the country to facilitate meetings like transport and arrange visas on arrival as they usually need to travel at short notice. I'd be paid on commission basis like following the successful sale of its planes, pet. He that... didn't say like or pet. <laughs> That's just half of it. So he, he, got, he helped out with the sale and he got, he got commission for these... Airbus fighter planes thing that he helped sell, and he was just be being, yeah, facilitating military planes. And, and people started accusing him of taking bribes, and he was like, "No, I just got my commission." It was he did he's not been able to say what this commission was, how much he earned, but he did certainly not get any Why? back uh, legal blah 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 because it's still kind of ongoing, I think. Um, and then. Not only was he accused of taking bribes, but July last year, so, you know, a few years, a few months into the pandemic, when everything's already a bit, like, ropey, he's been told that Interpol (laughs) has issued a red notice on him. And what this means is that he's, like, a proper wanted criminal by Interpol. And the Ghanan government has said he is a fugitive, wanted for prosecution, and warned... Yeah. That he may be travelling under his alias of Des Barnes. So if you're, what you know, happened? if you're at the ports and this Geordie bloke comes up and is like, hey, I'm Des Barnes, man. He's like, I don't have a passport. Don't pass- let him on. I don't have a passport, but here's a video of me. Yeah. Being here's, called Here's the Conversation Street character profile and it's got my picture on. Yeah. Look on, look me up on Coropedia. So he's been through this hell. And it's like, it sounds hilarious. It. And apparently his kids who were like teenagers also found it hilarious. Well, he's like saying, "Oh yeah, my dad's a gangster." But like, literally, he was he was getting um, 
uh, his panic attacks. He was being looked, he'd been investigated for whatever tests for PTSD. He's had it's, it's awful for him. But then three months ago, he was told that he's no longer under investigation. And but he's still got to pay off all this money. He's, yeah, yeah, he's in massive debt. He's, he hasn't got. He doesn't own a house now. He's now living in a rented place oh, in God. Manchester. Can you imagine? And um, and, and it, just this morning he was on Good Morning Britain. We haven't seen it because we've been preoccupied with other he's things today. Um, and he was just saying, "This is my ordeal that I've been going through, and I still am. It's awful." I don't get what happened then. So basically. He did do this. He he was involved in he was brokering involved a sale in of who, selling planes. Who, okay, I don't want to underestimate people, but what's the what's the what skill set of being an actor transfers to brokering military planes to Ghana? Well, he's charming, isn't he? I've got charisma. Yeah. I can get commission. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know. So, but the way you were talking made me think that he didn't actually do anything. No, of this. he really, really was doing this. But what he, he really absolutely, was. definitely wasn't doing was taking bribes. And then just it, literally, he was put on this red notice list a year ago. And so, for a good twelve months or so, he was a wanted criminal in <laughs> Africa. You couldn't make this up, could you? You couldn't. This is outlandish, even by Coronation yeah. Street standards. So, um, anyway, it's it's kind of over for him, but I suppose this thing kind of stays with you for a little bit, doesn't it? He said, but, I went from being a rogue... Um, on... Excuse me. Well, you weren't going to do it. I've, there were many quotes I could choose, but I've gone with this one as well. Like a grove. And, and I'm deck. not related to this. Cheryl Cole. Right. <laughs> it's amazing. Someone like myself could go out there, man, and get wrapped up in this. Suddenly I went from being a rogue on cobbles to a lord of war, according to one of the African newspapers, like. <laughs> I'll work at it. I'll do that next time. Well, next I, time like I need I said, a quote from um, not responsible Natalie Barnes or something. Anyway, yeah, so a lord of war. That That's sounds... That's to put on your CV, isn't it? It sounds too close to lord of the dance. So in my <laughs> mind... Lord of War is somebody who kind of like does a little ballet move and then sort of. I think it sounds more like God of War, like he's in you know, Kratos or something. No. Um, anyway, apparently um, he he's been backed up quite a lot by Charlie Lawson and Simon Gregson. They've been very helpful during this ordeal. So. Um, is he went in a house with them? them? Maybe, maybe. Um, anyway, I don't believe. I don't understand how this gets here. What's happened? I don't. If this was a news that broke on like the first of April, I'd be suspicious of this. Like the the forget the Interpol stuff. Des Barnes in Ghana selling you an Airbus military plane. Last thing we saw of him, he was winning. Come down with me, celebrity edition, and now he's gone to this. How do you go from one to the other? What's the career progression? Is it like when you when you're a delivery driver and the next minute you're a middle manager at a publishing company? Yes. He just had driving ambition, didn't he? Good for him. Did his son witness a murder, is what I'm trying to say. Oh, maybe. Maybe. He does have teenage sons. Mm. <laughs> we need to look into this Call more. Eli. Call Interpol. We think we've got another lead We've got here. it. We've got it sorted. Right. That Sorry, is the news this Phil, week. for your horrible ordeal, but I hope that you can recoup some of your... Gosh, yes. Um, ...enormous debts with either selling your story and writing a book... Yes, autobiography surely coming. Or getting more commission for these Airbus military planes. Yeah. Because three is all right, but that's just the beginning, surely. Do you think that if you were, like, put as a wanted criminal, then they said, oh, it's right, we don't trust... Would you want to, like, can I just have a a souvenir worth wanted post? Oh, yeah, I'd be like, can you interview me? Yeah. I want a debrief. 
Yeah, I'd want a poster on my wall. Yeah. Dead or alive. Yeah, wanted in connection with bribery and corruption in Ghana. Yeah, so when the dust has settled, you can just look at it and laugh and go, remember that time? Remember that? Something to tell the grandkids, isn't it? Remember when I got PTSD and panic attacks? I've got PTSD and panic attacks from buying a house. (laughs) I wouldn't last five minutes in this situation, (laughs) would I? I'm absolutely pansy. You wouldn't, you wouldn't. No. Right, let's... Very um, highly strung... Let's finish with this not now. This is a long chill. news section and also name. mini book review. Let's Gemma, not at all do <laughs> some feedback. <laughs> so feedback this week. I'm gonna, I want to mostly concentrate on immediate feedback from people on um, this week's courtroom dramas. But before we get to that, we have, of course, got the scores for last week. And um, 2.9 is how we uh, rated last week's Coronation Street on average on the Facebook group. I, I foresee quite a uh, dramatic turnaround in next week's scoring. But um, Stuart was one of the scorers. He gave it three and a half out-of-date tea cakes out of five. Don't give it to me. Um, Mark gave it three pairs of murder trainers sweating alone in the silent humidity of a plastic evidence bag <laughs> out of five. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. That's good. I, yeah, that, that is good, that one. I, I, Jonathan, I gave, um, I gave my top score this week. He gave it three and a half guns in Tyrone's pocket <laughs> out of five. Um, so thank you everybody of course for voting I always appreciate knowing how you got on um, with with the episodes so um, before we Shannon. get on to, Shannon yes thank you on Facebook we, we were talking recently about um, who's got married who's got no married one. nobody's got married this year but she pointed out to us that, of course Carla and Peter got married this year yes of course they did but um, please forgive us for forgetting them because the show seems to have forgotten them since that happened <laughs> also how's Peter's new liver getting on Liver, fine, it's liver, isn't it? great. It's yeah. So two thumbs up. Yes, thank you. Do do point out all our errors. Oh yeah, we, we need we, to we correct them. Yeah, we won't. We're not going to do ourselves. We're not going to do a Corey and song on the podcast. Um, I want to say I apologise for my controversial comments. I know I've upset some people. Is this, this not about I've marriage people, anymore. This is a different topic. I've caused consternation. People have contacted me privately yeah, about this. Yeah, called consternation street. This podcast really. Um, I have to stand by what I said, though. Um, What's I this know, about? I know that people are upset, but I stand by my comments. What? Italian takeaway is rubbish. <laughs> you shouldn't have takeaway pasta. It's an abomination. This has become a thing on the Facebook group, isn't it? Everybody's people, defending people Italian been, takeaways. People have been like messaging me and um, posting Italian takeaway menus to show that it is a thing. Yeah, I, 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 did I, I can't remember if I said it was a thing or not. Maybe I couldn't I believe it. I think you probably it. said, surely it can't possibly it can't be that possibly. abomination. It's sad and tragic. I stand by what I said. There is Unless nothing Unless it's a pizza, nice but then about... that's a separate category. Uh, my main problem is pasta. I don't think it travels well. Soggy pasta in a foil box, not nice. Hot, sweaty, soggy pasta in a box. Mm. No. I'm going to say no. And I've already said this openly. I am a pasta takeaway bigot. I do not accept it. I'll send it backwards where it came from. <laughs> no pasta takeaway allowed. Let's get on with the proper feedback. But I'm glad you got that off your I want chest. to say, sorry if you're offended. <laughs> we have got another new iTunes review this week, Gemma. Yeah. Hooray, hooray, hooray. This is from um, Susan from New Zealand. Presumably also somebody that hates Italian takeaway because nobody who likes it could possibly listen, listen to another second Absolutely. of this trashy podcast. She says... So the title of this review was You Love Coronation Street Then You Will Love This Podcast Five stars Thank you very much Good start Let's Susan. say your friends Don't watch Corrie 
Mm. Yeah, I, I can I can sympathise with that. Um, I can almost imagine. I can it's imagine. True. Let's say that your work colleagues are into Netflix. Let's say that people say, "Oh yes, I used to watch it, but now not so much." So who can you discuss the storylines with? Who can you go? Yes, I know. Who would have thought? Who can you ponder, speculate, and wonder with? Gemma and Michael, that's who. That's this podcast made for Susan from New Zealand feel absolutely at home. XX. XX, Susan. Right Thank back you, at you, Susan. Thank you very much. We do like a nice five-star review around here. Yes, Thank you very do. much indeed. Kia Aura. Yes. That's what they say down there, isn't it? Yes. Or yeah, up I'm there. Glad. Depends on which direction you travel. Yeah, yeah. That's lovely. And um, Susan also sent us an email this week, didn't she? So uh, I'll, I'll pan, hand over to you. Is it the same person? This is the same Susan. Unless there's there not, are two There are Kiwi not two Susans. in New Zealand. I think there are. Okay. Just saying. When I was in a bar, when I was a bar person... A bar person. A bar person. I was instructed to always look busy, to be polishing glasses, even though they were perfectly clean, or I was allowed to change around the optics, or perhaps be rearranging the tonic bottles. But imagine if I was sitting around filing my nails. Is this a Jenny criticism? Or is Is it it Daisy? Daisy? If it's Daisy criticism, I'm all for this, but you better not be bad-mouthing my Jen. I think Daisy skates past on the whole I'm the step kid, so I can do what I like kind of thing. Unless you, Susan, were the stepchild of the bar person manager, Mm. then you might not have got away with it. Being a teacher, first year or not, pre-going to school for the term, I am absolutely exhausted and certainly do not know about returning home before lunchtime. (laughs) Daniel. Finally, when I was working in a factory, it was exactly like it is portrayed in Underworld. The work had no relation to what was really going on. Love it. So my conclusion, the scriptwriters need to have had a varied life history, or at least the power of observation. They need to reflect on where they get it right. Some of the scriptwriters don't even watch Coronation Street, so they're talking about observation. Let them observe that first, I say. Mm, Because we all know they get it right so many times if only i had the opportunity to tweak a few scenes what would you guys tweak streetcars dated now needs to be corporate cars attending to the non-urban user the medical center having a bit of a paint job along the railings plus a more welcoming front door the barber being a place for hipsters the cafe having a coffee machine the corner shop or what we call the dairy in new zealand is absolutely spot on Thank you so much for your podcast. It embarrasses me to say, and I'll listen to your musings, watch the episodes, and listen to your musings again. Oh, that's like six hours of us every week. Oh, what a sad life I lead in lockdown New Zealand. Oh, yeah. Cheers, yeah. Susan. Um, I, I, I forgot that there's, there was questions in here that I'd have to think about answers to. And Susan's I, completely I spot admit. on about any kind of work-related thing is in no way reflected properly in Coronation Street. So... When I was saying earlier about, you know, Imran's fantastic because he's the only person you ever see probably working and, wow, we get to see him really doing his job and he's great at it. I'm sure, like you said at the time, we, anyone We do who, have some feedback later from somebody who has, who's got something to say about that. So legal just eagles just will say, no, that is completely inaccurate. But I guess it's so difficult, though, to allow these things to escape by when... I know it's artistic licence and everything, but when it's your profession and you're watching... You know, Daniel's swanning about going, oh, I'm just going to go in for half an hour. You're like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. Mm. Oh, yeah, totally. But the thing I, is- I, I, wonder, I wonder whether Dan, Dan's going to have the story next week. Cause it's literally, for some places, school has already started, hasn't it? I, it would be crazy to not have Daniel have a story about starting school. We've been mentioning it next week. What's the point? I'm not expecting it. No, I know, but... Uh, 
Coronation Street is supposed to be about everyday people's lives and jobs are, you know, unfortunately, the majority of the time we spend. Mm. So wouldn't it be interesting to see what it's really like to mm. be a teacher? It would be so interesting. It'd be I really interesting for about half an hour and then it'd be boring for the life. rest of the time. Um, is there any, any tweaks that you'd want to have on the street? Susan talks about um, updating streetcars given anything a paint job is there anything that's on the street that you think that's looking a bit tired I don't know really I'm kind of used to it I complain that they don't really change it which they don't but then I can't necessarily put my finger on anything that I think desperately needs changing I think maybe like I think get rid of the chip shop and put something in there because that's just been sitting a bit tired for a long time hasn't it and I don't really like the look of prima donna but it does look quite authentic yeah Open. I would say I would like a charity shop or something. Yeah, bring back Emily to run it. Yeah, and then crack the whip it's there. difficult. There's, I mean, we've we obviously have demonstrated that we absolutely think it's perfect as it is, and there's no tweaking needed. There, there is, but I just can't <laughs> think of anything. I think that they're very, very afraid of change. Do you know what I think on they Coronation do? Street? But what? Sort out the parking. Oh God, yeah, parking. Tell you what. I had to go all the way to Hull Street the other day. Can't believe it. One thing, they're not going to change for a good five years or more, but really winds me up is Underworld and the fact that... um, Well, yeah, they've only just changed that, haven't they? That looks like a V, not a U. Yeah. And the logo's horrible, I hate it. I think think they could do a bit of a change for that. It looked looked dated immediately when they did it. Corner shop. Thing is, yeah, what about the Rovers? Didn't, there was that. There was the other thing that I didn't put in the news this week because we had oh, too yeah. many other things. That some um, designer has updated the Rovers and given it a bit of a nineteen twenties Art Deco look, hasn't they? Well, it was. Um, I think it was a girl, and yeah, I think, I think that um, I think she was twenty two. So I know some people she's get offended company, by girls, design company, and she's saying girls, but I think girls. Fine. She's made. Um, she's like made it all like black and gold and fancy. It was right. It was. Liked, uh, it was supposed to be a modern thing that you might find in Manchester today, but it was based on retro yeah. art deco. Well, first the time I saw it, I thought it was the actual Rovers Return pub, because there is a pub just not too far away from um, Key Street, it's, I can't remember, that is called the Rovers Return, and it's black rather yeah. than where it's green, and, and I think it came first. Um, I, we I fear change, it. Susan. Have a Google, it's on the Manchester Evening News if you're interested. We fear and hate change, so nothing. Change nothing. Yes. If no, I'm in charge of it, something, change but I don't nothing. know what. Open, open the um, what? tattoo parlour. Put something where the gym used to be. Yeah. Mm. Can't get to it now because the bloody memorial gardens are the way. Yeah. Stupid oh, well. idiot. Corey's hit perfection. Uh, right, so I'm going to move on. Uh, I've got some, some feedback of you, Naily. What? If anyone's got any uh, ideas. Let us know. What paint would you touch up? Maybe you would think about it probably for a listener question. Um, what I don't want them to ever do is get rid of Dennis's carvings. No, never. No. Lintels forever. Right. I've got some, I've got a mixture of Facebook comments and emails and Instagram messages and all sorts about what people thought of this week's Coronation Street. So, Abby has written to us and said, this is her reflections on Monday night. Definitely not a case of unexpressed thoughts. Acting and writing, don't really need to add to what's already been said. Perfect. 
um, one story from many angles with no distractions. The whole time I was afraid some B story would intrude and spoil the mood. Oh, I wonder what Abby thought about Friday's episode. Um, it was like all my Christmases rolled into that uh, into one that Sally's campaign or anything with Kirk, Daisy or the factory was absent. I loved how the story moved forward by bouncing the narrative from one character group to another like a skier popping down the a mogul's run, I don't know what that means. Visual creativity, it doesn't work for normal Cory, but as it was restricted to Nina's dream and recollection moments, what better way to see the workings of her mind? What she experienced was profound and internal, and the effects kept it there. Should we see inside a character's head more often? Oh, hell no. That would completely deflate what happens oh, here. But in this instance, she was trying to reveal inner workings of her mind in the moments to Abby, Summer and Asher. A straight narrative would have been dull viewing. Reveals. I don't recall seeing all the details the first time, such as Kelly trying to pull Corey off Seb or Corey dumping the backpack. But as it was Nina's story, um, I can live with them being either they they were what she had blocked or could not have known all my senior brains for failings but anyone who rewatched the original attack were the actual beatings the same or have they been modified to fit the drama i think i made myself perfectly clear about that in the street well, talk segment, just to be abby. clear this is a this is abby's posting on facebook for yes. people to answer her question directly yes um no surprise just no just affirmation a drunk teenage girl or a much taller trained athlete was there really any question if kelly had done the kicking Corey could either could have either flea flicked her out of there or done nothing and been co-conspirator kelly isn't known for her athleticism it's doubtful she could have inflicted fatal blows wearing sneakers Corey, on the other hand i'm glad nina got her memory back so she can properly heal look forward to seeing her blossom Meatiness. Oh, haven't we as a group had this Facebook group had a lot to sink our teeth into? The bare feet, the comfy prison cells Kelly and Corey are staying in. Sabine's unease. Tonight was a feast. Finally, I miss Seb. A tiny piece of my brain wishes they could have done this story with Seb comatose and shipped off to a nursing home so it ha- HV, Harry Viziononi could do some movies or whatever and still have a miraculous soapy path back. For the year, he had nothing to do. Seb floundered in absolute pointlessness, but he had a long run as a compelling character that was quickly revived with his relationship with Nina. Harry Viziononi, it was great to see you again and I wish you the best wherever you end up. Love it. High praise from Abby for Monday's episode. I hope that you enjoy the rest of the week and Fridays didn't sour you too much on it with the intrusion of uh, those extra stories. I don't think we were too... We didn't speak at great length in our street talk section about the visual effects that I was thinking that. No, we didn't, did we? Um, I, I said I didn't like the backwards stuff. That 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 felt a bit too much. Like, like, oh, look at me, I'm so arty. Like ghosts talking. Oh, I hated. Stuff. I didn't like that. That was the other thing. When, when there was the bit that Nina was um, in the middle of the screen, and then they had like a Corey coming in from one side and the Kelly coming in the other side, shouting at her. Didn't like that. Didn't but mind... can I just say what? it was very reminiscent of her graphic novel. Yes, it was. Wasn't it it yeah. looked like a panel from her. Yeah, comic. I d- I didn't mind the bit where she was looking at the the wasteland and then Kelly kind of appears sitting on some girders, um, and I definitely definitely loved all the um, just the darkness and the and the lighting and and the grading and everything on the the Corey flashbacks. That was all fab. So I it mixed bag for me. Yeah, I don't really like Star Wars don't... Force ghosts appearing in the middle of no. Coronation Street. No, that's twice you mentioned those. I just episode. really love them. I really love Star right. Wars, don't you? I want everyone to know that I'm cool. 
George says, well, I was right. It was Corey after all. But why do I have a feeling there's going to be a twist in store despite this week's brilliant scenes in court? I loved how the court scenes were filmed, moving seamlessly one after another with Imran being outstanding and taking no prisoners, no matter if they were friend or foe. For me, the star of the week was Nina, so I was not expecting her to wear her goth look. And I love how they did the reveal as it filled me with joy of her claiming back her individuality. What a nice way of putting it. However, I have few issues with the case, mainly Asha being in the box, as how was her filming herself and her relationships to Nina relevant? I felt that was being done for a dramatic effect, which could be done at a later date. Finally, I did not like Sabine one bit, especially behaving the barrister type from Broadchurch, who twists and turns everything to make the jury by her side. Clearly, she needed to watch Mondays on catch up, (laughs) as we don't have revealing flashbacks for those who aren't killers now, do we? I, I I I thought that the the Asher and Nina thing felt fairly relevant. I think it took a while to I don't know. to get to the the crux of it. But when it was it was a case of saying, well, this is why Corey is jealous of Nina because Asher she seems to prefer Asher or whatever. I think I think that... I genuinely don't know enough about anything to do with the law to say whether they would have allowed this. Oh, I don't know whether for real actual law, but for for soap purposes, I, only... I think that it, when, when she first got up there, I thought, well, why is she being called? But, yeah. um, but for, it is true. Reasons, yeah, it, it is true that the me. entire motivation of the attack pivots around Asher and Nina. Mm, I, th- I think uh, that a lot of it does come down to that. Corey wouldn't be on the scene. Although he had been, hadn't he? He'd been, he'd been he a like very, her, very minor character for quite a while. But it became personal when he realised that how much Asha liked Nina. Mm-hmm. Okay, next we have got Claire Louise, 844. This is an Instagram message. I don't know whether her name is Claire or Claire Louise, like Sarah Louise. But she says that she loved this week, but needs to get something off her chest. Here we go. Corrie's research team have really failed. I know it because I'm a lawyer, so I see their mistakes, but this whole storyline centres around Corey being able to afford the best barrister and Kelly having to have a solicitor advocate in Imran. I, I know how there I do. Um, there have been legal aid cuts, but when you are charged with an offence of murder, not only would you absolutely have legal aid, regardless of earnings, you would also each have a QC, so Kelly would have the same rep as Corey. The justice system ensures that rich and poor are not prejudiced against. This just angers me. Do you know what? I'm glad that you wrote in to say this, because I fear many things, and one of them is being unjustly accused of a crime I didn't commit. Mm. And I often wonder how I could look you and Abby in the eye were I to make you homeless after having defended myself in court oh, using all you. of our money. Also, if you accidentally murder somebody, it's nice to know that you have a barrister to uh, to back QC. you up. QC. Yeah, QC to, to yeah. be on your side. Good. Um, the, the, the message continues. Also, Imran should not be wearing a wig. He's not a barrister. Only barristers and judges can wear wigs. Maybe he just likes it. Maybe it's just like a fashion statement. I don't think you can differentiate between I'm wearing this as a fashion statement and I'm wearing this because I'm a barrister. Because there wasn't that somebody again posted on Facebook group of a, a still from outside the court saying, you know, wear, wear respectful clothing or whatever. I don't. Was there anything saying don't wear a wig unless you're a barrister? What about these poor chemo because... patients that need to go to trial or I don't just people think who they like give wigs? Barrister wigs to chemo patients. No, but. They, if they like one, what's stopping them? That's prejudice. They can wear it wherever they like. They just can't wear it in... in no, there's... Not saying you, that Imran has got cancer either. 
Yeah, but you wouldn't... It's getting weirdly dark. It is getting weird. But you wouldn't wear a police officer's uniform because you're like, I was naked and this was all I could find. (laughs) I really like it. It's impersonating police officer. My wife says it makes me look sexy. No. Anyway, Imran refers to himself as a solicitor advocate, which means that he has taken on a separate qualification. This is interesting for me. Right, listen. Separate qualification to allow him to have rights of audience in the Crown Court. He can wear a gown, but not a wig. (laughs) This is is ridiculous, isn't it? That we have all this silly pomp and ceremony. The judge would not allow him to. Also, never in my 16 years of law have I known any criminal solicitor who would be allowed to advocate in a bloody murder... Advocate in a bloody murder trial. And my old firm had eight of them when I was there. The solicitor would attend and would sit out with the barrister and the QC would do all the talking. Why do Corrie do this to me? There were a lot of laughy emojis with this as well. (laughs) So she's not really super mad. mad. But... There yeah, this go. is the this is the problem that you have, which is realism versus telling a story. And would it have been a, as a compelling story if we had had Imran going, I'm just going to pass this over to the QC. Exactly. And we had a new character versus Sabine. Yeah, you need to cut down the, the characters really, don't you? <sighs> and also, I just I just think he looks funny in a wig. So he I'll... has to wear a wig. Yeah. I think it does... Ha- the thing is, there's also an argument w- that it just perpetuates ignorance <laughs> about <laughs> the system, which it really has done, because I still haven't learned anything about I... it. But we'll say one good thing about it today was that the judge told everyone to shut up and she didn't use a gavel. Yes, that's very true. I think um, if I were Charlie and I was sweating out in this heat wave back in July when they filmed this, I was like, guys, I've just realised I'm not allowed to wear a wig. Guys, I, this Take is inaccurate. Take it off. Oh, much better. I need to let my locks flow. Yeah. <laughs> um, next, Liam. So, so yeah, sorry, Claire. It's Claire Louise. Yes. Um, we completely sympathise with you. It's so frustrating. Um, but what are you going to do? You can't kill him because it's illegal. and then. But you get legal aid. Maybe you can. Next, Liam. You can kill him, but don't admit it beforehand. What does Liam say? Imran was Liam's. pure class. Liam questioning Corey. He didn't go too far. He didn't go anywhere near far enough, in my opinion. Corey's crocodile tears just made me hate him even more. He showed no remorse or guilt, just arrogance, contempt and selfishness. His only worry is himself and his future. He gets all these things from his father. If there's one thing I despise more than anything else in the world, it's people who think and know they can get away with anything because they're rich and powerful and nothing and no one else matters. I hope the jury will be able to see through the brazen lie that Corey wouldn't be able to hold Kelly back, a point which Imran made excellently, by the way, and that will be enough to convince them he's a liar through and through. It does worry me, though, the crying, that the crying could be his road to freedom by evoking sympathy from the jury, especially considering Kelly's reaction and how wound up she got, which could convince them he's telling the truth. The lady doth protest too much and all that. Mm-hmm. He's, the thing is... This isn't really a trial about, oh, I wonder, you know, what the outcome's going to be. We know, don't we? The soap he justice is going to, his is... soap justice is strong here. He's going to get sent down. He's not saying the light of day for a very long time. I'm just worried about... Kelly's going to be fine. Corey's going to get sent down. But it's still, it's still, it's not, you know, detracting from the excitement of it in the slightest. My main concern is Eli's dad. Is he going to keep his job if... Corey gets found guilty. Oh, yeah. Maybe there was, like, a, a clause in the contract. Is he going to have to pack his little box of stuff? Yeah. 
put his little Newton's cradle in a box yeah, and uh, exactly leave the keys to the company car on his desk. Oh, maybe, maybe. Finally, I've got a message from Joseph here. Who isn't, uh, he says, long time no email. It's Hello. true, it has been a long yeah, time. How's things going? Over in. Um, I'm going to say... Hello. No, where's Joseph from? He's America. from He's from the Gamberly place. I meant to say... Um, What's it called? Las Vegas. Yes, I meant LV. to say Las Vegas, not... Oh, I was being clever and I said the wrong thing. <laughs> just sending in my very quick thoughts on this week's <sighs> episode of Corrie. Away. I had just finished watching the Friday <laughs> episode and luckily I was off from work so I had the luxury to watch the show live. Where do you I'm work? I'm so glad I did. He's a, he's a medical Las bloke, Vegas. isn't he? he does yes, he's medical. Yes. How could Corey's father <laughs> easily say that I don't want to lose my own son to Abby? He's the kind of father, I think, who doesn't even spend time with his own family and is able to provide them ample amounts of money just so they don't bother him because he's always on the phone for work. Yep. Definitely. I well, definitely, about we, that, but we established right this, didn't we, when he gave Corey a flat. Yeah, 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 you're right. Because he got fed up with him always hanging around with his girlfriend, didn't he? So. Yeah, something like that. I, like many others on the Facebook group, found the other storylines in Friday's episode very fluff. I understand it was the only way for them to extend the courtroom story, but I don't think it was. There were loads it of things It was not. They could have filled it. And I usually I'm against filler, but... There's no such thing as filler in this story. Not in this story, there wouldn't be. Um, but I wished it wasn't during this moment in the plot. When anything in the courtroom plot wasn't happening, I was playing Harry Potter Wizards Unite on my tablet. Didn't we talk about that on the episode the other day? Is about that the um, Pokemon? That's the Pokemon Go thing about Harry Potter, yeah. Overall, from having binged Monday and Wednesday, Corrie, to watching Friday's episode live, this was a really strong week overall. I was on the edge of my seat when I was catching up and watching Monday's episode, and I understood why everyone was saying in the group that the younger cast is carrying the show, and they really are. Fantastic acting and editing of Monday and Wednesday's episodes. Can't wait for the podcast. Here it is. Hope what we didn't think? disappoint you. I thought it was all right. I think we said our thing. Yeah, fine. Um, and that is it. We 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 could have gone for more. I mean, there's the Facebook so group is flooded really with comments. Really good. There are so many really good comments, and I I feel bad because I often see them on Facebook, and I'm like, oh, I wish I Must could remember to read this. that out on the podcast. But <laughs> like anyway, for example, Maggie's just posted a very important question: What are posh crisps? Is it a specific brand of expensive? This is crisps? the most important question of them all. Yeah. Um. It's not a specific brand, it's just any that are very thick and they cost more than a pound for a giant bag. Yeah. I'd say that's the... They've got to be... If they're a pound on sale, they're posh crisps. One ninety nine <laughs> is an average price. If there's like, like gold big... text on maybe like a navy background and... Yeah, and, and it's weird flavours old... that you don't know Oh why. yeah, weird flavours. Like, like not just any salt and vinegar, it's and sea salt and balsamic salt. vinegar. Yeah. And... Um, Premium pork, sausages and fennel. This is why we can't get one of those microphones where it doesn't work if we're both talking at the same time, isn't it? We're done. We're done for this week. We have got... I, I don't know. Here's another funny comment. Oh, yeah, no, I do know. Joe Meyer said, Sean is literally killing Curtis with his bad jokes. <laughs> and John what? G said, Maximus is so watchable, genuinely has a great... Oh, John's presence. been loving this and week's podcast. And here's another one uh, I love. Corey, Ian, maybe Ian... the podcast too, I don't know. Ian Poole says, I reckon Curtis has Munchausen syndrome. You heard it here first. And that's called, now called factitious disorder. And here's an interesting fact about me. I, for age, for about a year now, since they've changed it to factitious disorder, thought it was called facetious disorder. <laughs> and I couldn't understand why. I've never even heard of it. Right. Um, we're done. So, 
if you're on Patreon, by the way, join us on Patreon, it's lovely. I did say what we're having in next week's episode. That's being moved to the following week. So don't now. tell anyone it's a secret. Don't tell anyone it's not a secret. But we have got something just as good um, coming up next week for bonus podcast. Hopefully, might just be a short one because we're quite busy now. <laughs> I don't, we haven't got much time for podcasting things, but we will still endeavour to bring you two shows a week during the moving period. Um, then we've got next week's episode. So two Corries to watch Monday and Friday. Then we'll do episode 287 and that will be our last podcast, possibly, that we record in our current house if all goes to plan. So keep all your fingers crossed for us, everybody. Um, We will soon have a new podcasting studio. Gemma, I will leave you to tell people how they can get in touch with us and sign off for the evening because I apparently blather on too long when it gets to the end of the episode. You're still doing it? I'm doing it now. Gemma Email just conversationstreet like... at oh, gmail.com. You, you can find us at conversationstreet.podbean.com. Review us on iTunes. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter and Spotify, Facebook, YouTube and Patreon. And that's it. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Bye. Oh, oh, oh.